For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Yesterday morning, of course, many of us woke to a story that was originally broken by uh, Paul Byrne at Virgin Media News, the Southern correspondent with Virgin Media News, into the very sad and tragic death, the killing of Matthew Healy at the age of 89 in the Mercy Hospital, attacked in his ward. It's absolutely uh, shocking. Uh, beaten to death in hospital is the front page, uh, making the many of the tabloids this morning, looking at the sun today. Frail Matthew, 89, battered with a walking frame, uh, a Zimmer frame. Um, the, this morning in the Daily Mail, they're saying, widower, 89, killed in hospital ward attack, and a 32-year-old man's been arrested. And of course, this assault that led to Matthew Healy's death was witnessed by other patients. And then you had nurses and security staff rushing into the ward to the aid of the 89-year-old uh, old-age pensioner, but he passed away. Uh, this morning, the star says, OAP 89, killed in hospital. Uh, the Echo, the examiner carrier today, a hospital killing shock. A pure gentleman who died in a violent incident in a ward. The very last place that any of us would think that our relative would pass away in circumstances like that. Uh, particularly an elderly patient. Um, This morning, uh, Olivia Kelleher, who's uh, writing for a lot of the different papers, says an 89-year-old widower died after he was violently attacked by a fellow patient with a Zimmer frame in a hospital ward. He was a farmer. He was the grandfather of eight. Matthew Healy, attacked in front of patients in a general ward at the Mercy University Hospital shortly before 5 a.m. yesterday morning. And the attack, as I say, was witnessed by shocked patients It's a six-bed ward, and staff rushed to his aid, heroic staff, as she puts it, after being alerted by shouts and screams from the ward. Uh, Granddad Matthew Healy beaten to death by a much younger fellow patient in a random hospital attack. I'll have some more on this in a few minutes' time, but it certainly does dominate uh, many of the papers this morning. In fact, there isn't a single one that doesn't carry it. On their, on their front page and then inside page because people are traumatised I can only imagine how Matthew's extended family must feel they've got to be broken hearted and again it goes to just show the chaos within our health system and not, not just for the late Matthew Healy or indeed his family now having to live with his loss but for all of us because of the worry and fear that we would have for ourselves or elderly people or indeed for the staff working within hospital settings like that, where you literally never know who's going to walk through your door or what kind of a shift you're going to have or how many people you're going to be able to look after. After uh, Certainly between that it's going to be, and the examiner are right when they say there's two different probes now, two different investigations into the killing of a gentle private man in a hospital ward. One was most certainly has, has begun. I imagine both of them have begun, to be honest with you. Certainly the guard investigation, which will be quite extensive. And a man is in, in custody being questioned by Gardaí at uh, the Bridewell Garda station. And I think that's for a 24-hour period, but I think perhaps with breaks and rest periods, you know, it wouldn't be 24 hours in a row. Uh, my understanding is that that man is still being questioned. The other probe and the other investigation will be by the HSE and the Mercy University Hospital themselves. And many questions will need answering there. And I'll, I'll talk about those potential questions in a few minutes' time. Uh, but um, the examiner also said that uh, misfortunate man, uh, Matthew Healy, had only buried his wife uh, three weeks ago. Um, and uh, it's just so, so sad. Uh, and I'll also talk to some people from the Berings uh, community a little later on because he was well-loved, much respected, quiet family by all accounts, but great community people. 
Um, and of course, he was respected inside and outside the community, according to Councillor Michael Looney, who's quoted in many of the papers this morning. It's absolutely tragic, and we should all be very worried uh, about our health system when things like that can happen. And this investigation now will tell us why it happened. Certainly two different investigations, as I say. But it's not the only kind of chaos within our health system or those that need help the most. With the shortage of home helps, it means that there's an added crisis within our hospitals and a lack of beds. Uh, and then because you know people can't be discharged when they're ready to go because the systems aren't in place for them in the home to pick up and to help particularly the elderly. So uh, over two and a half million hours, that's how short they were with regards to uh, um, home help um, visits and home help appointments. And the front page on the mail this morning says home help shortage is adding to the hospital beds crisis and other health service crisis looming. Uh, Don't think it's looming. It's here and it has been for quite some time. They are short millions uh, of hours in in support for patients at home. And if that wasn't enough for you, we find, and something that I've dealt with on this program over the years, more so in recent years, and that is children who need intervention and people and children who need care, particularly with regards to our psychiatric services, to help the mentally ill children who are left without care. It's a headline making the Irish Times this morning. And hundreds, uh, including some on medication Uh, being left for up to two years without care by CAMS right across the country. CAMS being the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. Um, And this morning, that that story is actually picked up um, by uh, the Examiner and the Echo, who talk of 713 young people waiting for treatment with the Child Adolescent Mental Health Services just in Cork and Kerry in December. 713 young people waiting for treatment. It's absolutely chaotic. Uh, And, you know, figures uh, for December um, will just kind of go to show how bad it's going to be as we head into 2023. And they break it down also between the different areas of Cork. You know, that we have the North Lee, the South Lee. We've got a few different types of South Lees because it's broken into different sections. Um, So there there are some of the more dominant stories making the papers today. And God only knows, um, you know, is it going to get worse and worse as we go on? It certainly hasn't been getting any better in all the years that I've been doing this. You know, the issues down in Besbra, they've uh, been before. Uh, the planning authority is looking for planning permission to build a €40 million Euro apartment scheme on the grounds of the former mother and baby's home uh, down in Besbra. Oh, and English has been keeping a very close eye on this in the examiner. That planning permission, or that planning application has been refused now. It was refused late on Friday, apparently, to the developers. They were looking for permission to build 92 apartments on the site uh, within the former estate at Besbra. Now, the actual reasons aren't actually known just yet but of course we do know of the concerns that many people have as to what could well be buried beneath um, the uh, ground in Besborough. So that's a story that makes the examiner today. There are other news stories of course. Uh, I wish to God there were more positive ones. Um, I see it interestingly that in spite of what everybody's struggling to uh, you know deal with their bills and uh, deal with all sorts of uh, you know added pressures as we head into 2023 Certainly, the more senior bank officials in Ireland aren't having any kind of a lean day. Uh, 48 of them got over a million, uh, earned over a million euro last year, and one earned six million. That's why the mayor, mayor this morning calls them the fat cat bankers in Ireland being paid serious dosh. And they look at the top 50 and 48 out of the top 50 get at least a million or more. But there is some happy news. Um, there's two lovely stories with regards to it's never too late to get hitched. 
Um, and there's a beautiful story that was making the news of the weekend of the former Kerry football manager Mick O'Dwyer, who tied the knot at the age of 86, head over heels in love with his uh, bride, Geraldine Shields, from Tyrone, and they got married in Killarney on Friday. Um, so Paddy O'Brien is saying that, A, the man who advocates on behalf of the elderly on Lee said, he said that uh, age should be no barrier to falling in love, and age should be no barrier about settling down and finding a life partner. And the same can be said for the astronaut Edwin Buzz Aldrin, who announced at the weekend that he has married his longtime love, small ceremony in Los Angeles, um, and he has just had his 93rd birthday. Aldrin, of course, made history with uh, Neil Armstrong as the first human to set foot on the surface of the moon. Fair play to him. He's still hale and hearty at the age of 93 and got married at the weekend. And sure, why wouldn't he? Lines open. You can text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for interactive speech program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Court, Red FM. Yes, indeed. Oh, just incidentally, we've received reports of a collision on the Kinsale Road roundabout going westbound. Traffic is already building up as far as the Bloomfield interchange, which will be the Carriga line turnoff. So there are three fire brigade units and ambulances on the scene. So proceed with caution, slow down. And if you're being held up, that's the reason why. Um, a collision on the Kinsale Road roundabout heading west. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Your calls are welcome. But obviously, um, the story that I wish to begin with this morning is the tragic death, the tragic killing in the Mercy Hospital um, in at the, over the weekend of uh, Matthew Healy, 89-year-old uh, gentleman uh, from Berings. Paul Byrne for Virgin Media's News broke the story early yesterday morning and he joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, I was just saying there, looking at the papers this morning, there will be two different investigations going on. One, of course, is the Garda investigation and the second will be the HSC Mercy Hospital investigation. I'll come back to that in a moment. But what... Just outline, because we, we, obviously time will tell as to exactly what happened that led up to the death of Matthew Healy. But what is your understanding of what happened? Um, Mr. Healy and the man who's now in Garda custody were in the same ward. Uh, a medical, you know, there's a psychiatric unit at the Mercy University Hospital. There's also the medical side of the hospital. And both men were in the medical side of the hospital in a ward with four others. And at around half past five in the morning, there was a very, very heated dispute, a very heated argument. And so much so that staff summoned for security and uh, Gardaí. And basically, Mr. Whelan um, received... I, I, I have to be careful what I say because it's very graphic, but he was really viciously assaulted. Matthew Healy. Um, yeah. Mr. Mr. Healy was viciously assaulted during the um, attack. Um, the guards arrived, the security personnel arrived, and a, a male nurse uh, suffered a broken finger during the melee. Um, it took quite a considerable amount of number of people to subdue the suspect in this case and once they had done that, medics rushed to Mr. Healy and then they discovered that he was actually dead. <sighs> he, had, he had died as a result of the injuries sustained during the violent and vicious attack. Um, I was just looking at other sources, uh, particularly this morning. Um, Ralph Regal in The Independent is saying that a row over noise 
may have sparked the fatal attack on the patient. Also, um, uh, Barry Roach in the Irish Times this morning is saying that he, he suffered violent death after, after suffering extensive blunt force, force trauma oh. to the head consistent with a beating. Um, the Many of the tabloids this morning are suggesting that could have been a walking frame or a Zimmer frame. Um, can you talk to any of that? Yeah, there, there was um, a walking frame or a Zimmer frame, as you said, uh, used in the attack. And the suspect, we understand, uh, picked that up and again, just started beating Mr. Healy with the um, with the, the walking frame. Um, this was done very, very quickly. It was violent, and unfortunately, I, I, I suppose because the man is 80, was eighty nine years of age, he was very, very fragile, very vulnerable, and you know would have gone down on the ground very, very quickly. And you know he suffered a sustained beating, which was just brutal. And um, again. You know, the guards will have removed a walking frame for examination. They will be looking for DNA on this. They will be looking for blood stains on the floor, on the body, um, on the suspect. Um, you know, but he, he was beaten around the head physically. Um, and and my understanding as well is that when this frenzied attack began, there were other patients in the ward at the time uh, who actually called out for help. That's right. There were four other witnesses or four other patients in the ward at the time. They were shouting for help. Um, nurses and doctors and security personnel ran in. Again, it, like you, you, again, you don't expect this to unfold at half past five in the morning. But for some reason, and again, all of this will come out in the wash and the inquiries. What happened? Was there noise? Did someone call someone a name? Did somebody disturb another person? You know, listen, Neil, there are all sorts of rumours going around at the moment as to why Mr. Healy was attacked. And again, that will all come out in the, in the inquiry. But the witnesses, the four other patients, they were in the, the, the beds at the time. They were awoken because of the commotion and the noise, and they started shouting for help as well. They were also interviewed by detectives yesterday um, as part of that investigation. They'll be in, in, uh, interviewed again at a later date to see if they can shed any more light on what happened. Okay, so as we say, fellow patients raised the alarm and nursing staff, I'm reading from Barry Roach's copy in the Irish Times, nursing staff raced to the six-bed unit Mm -hmm. to see the younger man beating Mr. Healy repeatedly. A male nurse suffered a broken finger in his valiant efforts trying to restrain this other patient, right? That's right. I mean, this suspect was violent, he was vicious, um, you know, he was extremely strong. It took a number of people to hold him down. As I said, the nurse broke, uh, had suffered a broken finger during it. Gardy arrived, also the armed response unit, a number of them had to help in bringing this man under control. He was handcuffed and it's only at that stage. You can imagine that somebody is was so enraged that it took so many people to bring him down. It was absolutely frightening, according to a source there yesterday. Now, a man was arrested and taken to the Bridewell Garda station. Um, all, all we know or all we can report is that it's understood that uh, the individual is from Churchfield on Cork's north side. What, what 32 typic- years of age. 32 years of age. Okay. My understanding is that he was admitted to the hospital earlier in the week sometime possibly between Wednesday and Friday and was admitted and was put into a ward and um, this unfolded unfortunately Um, he would be known to guards Um, he was before the courts in the past Um, 
I, I have to be very careful about Say no more about that then if that's yeah. uh, if that's an area that he remains in custody, Neil. He remains in custody uh, from one from one from when he was arrested. He can be held for twenty four hours. Um he was arrested around half five, six o'clock yesterday morning. So for argument's sake that period of attention expired at six this morning, but due to him and you know wanting rest periods that could continue so once they stop questioning if he decides to have a rest the clock stops so when he decides to go and wake up and go for questioning again it continues again yes so like that 24 year period of questioning could finish at lunchtime it might finish later in the afternoon it might finish this evening we don't know at at this stage how the questioning is going um just looking, just looking at you know the, the hospital scenario itself. Um, we don't know as to whether or not this could have been a, a psychiatric patient that would have been in a general ward, and questions asked as to why that would be. Um, have or would no that be idea. part of the probe? Oh, it will. It will. It will. Obviously, like, I mean, the guards are continuing in it, are carrying out an investigation. In the, in the, there's an internal inquiry as well, and it will establish whether. Mr. Uh, Healy should have been where he was. It'll establish whether the suspect should have been where he was. All of this will be uh, detailed. It will be a long and painstaking investigation. You know, um, again, the findings of the report will obviously be issued to the family. Um, I'm sure they want questions. They want uh, they have lots of questions and they want a lot of answers. They don't want them tomorrow. The next day they want them now. But I know they will have to wait, unfortunately, to find out who, you know, ad- admitted Mr. Healy to this ward, who admitted the other person and why were both of them in the same ward. OK, Barry Roach also talks, uh, correctly so, that it was a frenzied attack that led to the death yes. of, of Matthew Healy. But he says also of the other patients in the ward and indeed the staff who had to come and try and rescue him. Uh, very, very deeply traumatised, I'm sure, and will be in need of help, yeah? That's right. Um, they're all being afforded counselling, all of the hospital staff, the patients, even people who may not have been working yesterday will be afforded counselling because it will, you know, what happened there yesterday sent shockwaves through the the hospital, Neil. Absolutely frightening. I mean, you hear of people saying... Um, oh, we were totally taken back, shocked and disgusted. I can tell you something, Neil. People are sick to the pit of their, sick to the pit of their stomach over what happened yesterday. Absolutely frightening. Everybody, I mean, saying yesterday, you go to the hospital to be cared for. You expect to come home. You don't expect something like this to happen. You don't expect to have someone killed in a hospital ward. This is where you, feel, you want to feel safe. I know the INMO have come out this morning now and they said in light of the awful incident, uh, the INMO is once again repeating its call for a full review and audit of security systems and protocols in Irish hospitals. It said there hasn't been a security audit of the hospitals since 2016. It's now time for the HSE to complete a full audit and what measures are in place in each hospital. It was half past five in the morning. I I understand that and it would have been a very quiet time, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. um, at half past five in the morning. But um, there would have been a time years and years ago, I suppose, when there would have been a constant presence of nursing staff on all of the wards or at least they would have some sort of an admin desk where they would have 24-hour eyes on all of the wards. That doesn't seem to be the case now, does it? Well, you, you, you have a nurse, what they call a nurse's station, 
and I don't know how many nurses were on the again battle form party. But they could have been dealing with numerous different wards, couldn't they? Exactly. It's a a small hospital in one sense, but you go to the CUH and these nurses and doctors are run off their feet as they are in the mercy. So look, and again, people yesterday say, oh, there has to be a security man on each ward. Like, again, that law form part of the, the inquiry, was there security on duty? Look, unfortunately, these things you know, will 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 all come out. You know, I know there's a lot of um, finger blaming pointing today to mm. what went wrong, but again, it, it's a very very difficult inquiry. You know, people will want answers. Mm. Um, mm. People are deeply upset at the moment. Well, you put you know, it very well when you say this is not what we expect. I mean, for anybody with elderly parents or an elderly parent, I, I have an elderly father who was recently in hospital over the over the christmas time it was actually in the bonds and the care was was terrific but and you 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 know you you you're kind of at home thinking well i know he's safe there i know he's yeah. being well looked after and we all with an elderly parent or parents say for instance who are living alone worry about an accident in the home or they might die in their sleep and you might find them or they might fall down the stairs awful things like this but this is not what you ever think of or contemplate in your in your worst nightmare Certainly not. You're at home trying to get a, a, some sleep. You're obviously thinking of your loved one, but you're confident knowing that they're in good care. Yes. And yes. obviously they are in good care with the nurses and the doctors in all hospitals. But imagine the family here yesterday in Bearings, which is just about you know, 15, 20 miles outside the city, getting a call at six o'clock to their door to say, unfortunately, uh, your, your father has died in you know horrific circumstances you know to be woken to something like that you expect to get a call every time you call the hospital just check on your mum or your dad or your brother and sister whatever oh Mary is doing fine John is doing fine and uh, yeah he had all his breakfast this morning and she ate all her dinner or whatever like that but you certainly don't expect to get a call to say that they've been killed Thanks so much, Paul, for taking the call. Uh, much obliged to you, Paul Burns, Southern Correspondent with Virgin Media News. Uh, Joan, good morning. Can you turn your radio? Can you just turn your radio down, Joan, if you don't mind? Because there's a little bit of okay. feedback there. Thank you so much. Okay, Thanks. Alexa off. Alexa off. That'll Hi. do it for me. Thank you so much for holding. Um, it's it's absolutely tragic, isn't it? It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yes, and absolutely and our thoughts are with the entire family. Uh, of the late Matthew yeah. Healy. Um, it's but, horrific. Yeah, tell, t- tell me about the, the story involving uh, a loved one. You, oh, no, actually, it was yourself. Well, Forgive me. Yeah. It was, yeah. And I tell you what, no, I think it was just waiting to happen. And I blame management. Why? I was in there three years ago. I was seriously ill. I was out of it. Um, when I started coming around, my son was left in. It was pre-COVID. Um... There was a psychiatric patient further up, I think about another ward up. And when I started coming around, I knew what was going on. Um, my son took me for a walk over the bridge and she started firing trays and shampoo bottles and shouting and bashing the walls. The bridge is between took, the two wings of the hospital yeah, across the, uh, that, that walkway yeah. over the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it took four nurses and two security guards to hold her down. And when my son went up to the desk, he was told there was nowhere to put her. There was no bed in psychiatric and they couldn't discharge her. So he said he was coming back that night at seven o'clock and he wanted her gone. He said he thought that I would be safe in hospital and looked after. 
Um, we were locked into our ward. She was so violent, even though she wasn't, she didn't have a bed in our ward, you know. So if she but didn't have a bed in the ward, in. what was she actually doing? Sitting somewhere? She, she had one further up. Further up from our ward, she had a bed. But we were locked indoors because she was heading to our ward to cause all the trouble, you know. And they locked your ward down? Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that then there was some of the elderly women up further they were coming down and one of them was crying she said that she had to go in under the blankets she was in her ward she was terrified so by 7 o'clock that night my son said he'd be back at 7 o'clock and when we were locked in he stayed outside watching what was going on it took six of them to hold her and when he came back that night at 7 o'clock she was gone mm. but we we had management in I had management in uh, apologising, saying this and that and I asked her, I said why is the psychiatric patient put in with all elderly people? And they said they'd nowhere else to put her. I understand why you say that this was at some stage going to happen when you describe what yeah, happened. Yeah, definitely, when I heard it yesterday, definitely. Yeah. When you say the ward was locked down what does that involve? They they bolted the this um, silver bolts up in the top of the doors. You know, they're double doors leading into the yes, ward where we usually were. Yes, be, two of them be wide open, yeah. Yeah, and they, they said that we were to stay inside and they bolted those. So my son wouldn't stay inside. He stayed outside watching what was going on. So, like, apart from the fact that it was traumatic, you'd be one, I was wondering, would my son get into trouble because he was so angry at carry on, you know? And... Like it's just not a good environment to be, you know. And, and the and the age profile of those in that ward, elderly. Well, uh, say I think most of them are older than me. Would we'll say coming up to seventy, seventy-two, and they were older then, further up where she was put into, you know. And was she put into a general ward with very elderly yeah. people? Yeah. Okay. So these yeah. very elderly people would be frail and, and vulnerable. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So when I heard it yesterday, I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised. And the, and the reasons that you were given then was that they didn't have any beds free in the psychiatric unit of the Mercy. So that woman, uh-huh. who clearly was a psychiatric yeah. patient, was put yeah. into a general ward. Yeah. With And, and the ward yeah. had elderly and vulnerable and frail patients in it. Yeah. Yeah, ha, and how, how do you how did you feel yesterday morning? You must have been gutted then because you you had I, been. You know what? I was shocked, but I wasn't totally surprised. I was saying it was waiting to happen, you know. And like management were crawling all over us then coming in after it happened. And my son was so angry. He said, "Look, I'm not having this." He said, um, "I'm not having it at all." He said, "We we need her out of here." She's a psychiatric patient, he said, and there's all vulnerable people in here. So by seven o'clock that night, she was gone, lock, stock and barrels. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, can you imagine? No, she fired, uh, you know, the metal trays, um, they're on wheels, they they wheel around the food. Yeah, yeah. She was hopping that off the wall outside our ward and she picked up, I think it was shampoo, a tray, the tray just missed me. Um, she fired everything in her way and there was six of them holding her down and she was still going. Oh my God. 
Imagine, mm. you know, clearly, mm. you, clearly you think of the patients and their safety, but you also have to think of the staff and what they have to put up with. Yeah. You know, yeah. That is not what you go to work for. C- certainly not mm. in a general ward anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. All right, Joan, listen, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Much obliged. Okay. Take thanks. care. Bye. Take care. Text 0868-104-106. This was just waiting to happen, she said, and she told us exactly why. Uh, please, can I go to the Bearings area? Uh, Councillor Michael Looney joins me by phone. Uh, Michael, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Our thoughts, of course, are with all of the wider community, but particularly Matthew uh, Healy's family. Uh, I believe that he only buried his wife some weeks back. Is that the case? That's right. Less than three weeks he buried his wife. Yeah, yeah. He was, she was a lovely person. He was a lovely man as well. And yeah. I suppose really with what happened that the people of Billings, they, they can't come to terms with it yet because I suppose, to be honest, when you go to hospital, when you're in bed, you think you're in one of the safest places you could ever be and loved honest. ones and loved ones think the same they think yes well, you know yes, my, my yeah. dad or my mom or my partner they're, they're safe now and they're going to be looked after but that yeah, wasn't that's the case exactly it, but that didn't happen that didn't happen yeah um, he's a retired farmer I believe with, with three adult children and our thoughts are with them Vincent Jared, and Claire um, and eight grandchildren of course all will be mourning the loss of this beautiful man did, did you know him I did, I knew him well, and he was um, a real kind man, and I can say that with a capital K. He was really, really one, one of the nicest people you could meet. Lovely, lovely man. He certainly didn't deserve what he got anyway at this end of his days. Yeah, um, and I believe, believe also that generations of his family lived in the Bearings area, is that right? And probably farmed that farm for a long, long time. They're long roots there, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there for years, yeah. He had, he retired maybe 15, 16 years ago, possibly, and he had um, a little potato run around the parish, and he really liked that, and he was more than welcome. You'll be delighted to see him coming to the door, because he was, he, he was a great, lovely man to converse with, or, 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 you know, he was just... He was gentle as well, you see, that's what made him special. He was, as well as being kind, he was gentle. And um, I suppose the people of Billings really, really can't get around it because it's, it's a close-knit community as well. And uh, these things you don't certainly didn't expect it to happen and it's only now that it's really sinking in that he actually is gone and that's look I'm not in a position to say what happened because it's under guard investigation but I do know that whatever happened anyway he's deceased imagine um, that that's the, so you know, so sad that the family particularly you know Vincent and Jared and Claire would bury their mother only two weeks ago and then that's bury correct. their dad yeah. in the coming yeah, days yeah. you say that he was quite active up to late in life then is that right oh he was yeah he was yeah he was, yeah. He was, um, I suppose, um, a, a Sunday or a weekly mascot, and he enjoyed that ghost mass himself in Delia every morning of the week, and they'd go from there down to Dan Kellis for the paper, and they'd have a chat, and they'd go home. But at the same time, they were a private family. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were, and I, that restricts me a bit too, because I respect their privacy as well. Like. I know, and all, all of yeah. us do, but everybody is shocked, because so I can only imagine what the closeness community of Bearings must feel, uh, where everybody knows everybody, and everybody looks out for everybody, right? 
Exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay. okay. And we look, look, all we can do is we're there for the family, the people at Bearings, because, they, as I said, they're a close community, close-knit community, and our prayers go with them, and, like, we are fully, fully, fully behind them. And I think they know that as well, like the community are in mourning as well. Totally, to totally, totally. Thanks for taking the call, Michael. I do appreciate it. Councillor Michael Looney, in a fall, McCroom-based um, councillor. Text 0868104106. We got calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Got a statement from uh, the um, company dealing with the PR4 and indeed press relations with the Mercy University Hospital confirming that Gardaí are investigating a fatal incident involving a man in his late 80s at the hospital. Incident occurred after 5am. Gardaí immediately alerted, um, cordoned off the scene, preserved the scene for forensic and technical examinations. The hospital is providing counselling services to patients and staff and will carry out an internal investigation into the fatal incident. This is being invested by the Gardaí, so there can be no further comment made at this time. So that's from uh, the uh, MUH. Uh, that investigation, of course, will ask an awful lot of questions. Um, and of course, will that make any difference in the wide earthly world with regards to understaffing, shortage of beds and a chaotic health system? Um, is this what it will take to make a final change? I don't know. I just don't know. Back to the phone lines we go, and you can text 0868104106. Sharon, good morning. Uh, hang on a second, let me get my line sorted out. No, not there. So I'll tell you what, I'll do some more emails on it. This makes me so mad. The neglect of the overcrowding crisis in our hospitals by the HSC has led to situations where patients are constantly left in dangerous situations. Says Marie, in an ideal world, that gentleman would have been safely tucked up in a ward with other men his age and the other patient receiving the treatment he needed elsewhere in the hospital. The blame for this needless tragedy lies not with the staff, of course not, but at the top. But will anything change? It will be news for a few days, I suppose. The HSC won't comment on individual cases, I suppose. There'll be an investigation and possibly a resignation somewhere up the line. And that'll be it. Back to business as usual. That poor man deserved better at his age. He deserved to be protected and cared for. May he rest in peace. And John says, I think you should be reaching out to TDs and councillors who've been elected by the people to stand up and be accountable. Is it not their responsibility to deal with overcrowding, staffing issues, security issues in the hospitals? An old man has died, probably frightened to death after the assault. It's not acceptable for him to have died having given his whole life to this country. Health ministers, parties and government have lots to answer for. It's a total disgrace. Cork is failing as a city. It's becoming lawless with little or no ramifications. I, for one, having have three kids and I'm afraid of what the future will hold for them, says John. That's very true, actually. A lot of us would be, I certainly think, uh, a lot about what the future will be for future generations. You know, having seen over the years things just in many ways... Um, you know, going from bad to worse. And I wonder, what's it going to be in 10 years' time? What's it going to be like in 20 years' time? What's it going to be when, you know, say, I even think about what's going to be like, for instance, when I'm not on the air anymore, will will the stories they'll be talking about in years to come be even worse than the ones that I've been dealing with over the decades or even worse than the story and the death and the killing of Matthew Healy over the weekend. Uh, is no one safe anywhere now? My God, that poor man and his family. It's bad enough to be in hospital, but to have someone attack you. Uh, is there any security in hospitals now? 
This is just shocking. Condolences to the poor man's family. May his gentle soul rest in peace. I have many other texts that I want to deal with because this is important and it needs to be talked about. It really does. Morris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Do um, you just want to pick up on this tragic killing, this needless um, death of Matthew Healy? Yes, indeed. Uh, I just want to say the security industry, um, it, needs, it needs a bit of a kick up the backside, really, because it, they're, they're paying security staff. No, no, not in any way saying that the security at the hospital was, was inadequate. But, but I, I, what I can say, and, and this is a matter of fact, is that the Mercy Hospital has recently been uh, recruiting uh, online for security staff. You mean advertising and, uh, for security, isn't it? That is correct. They have been advertising for security staff, and um, quite a bit of it, actually. And you have to wonder there what the story is. Now, many businesses, um, in the business tech, you know, like a, you know, a lot of retailers and what have you are advertising perpetually for security staff. And security has to be taken very, very, very seriously. They're paid almost nothing. They can be paid as, as, as little as 11.65 an hour with terrible, terrible rosters, terrible shifts. Many of them can be out. Uh, they can be sick. There, there might be no one filling in for them. Uh, they can be frequently absent. There's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and that's a big problem we're having in this country anyway. It's a very big problem in the security industry. And it's time, I think, for a complete revamp and a relook. People have to take security seriously, mm. and they're not taking it seriously. They're just not taking it seriously. Mm. I don't know what the security staffing levels would be like uh, on any given day at the Mercy University Hospital, but um, with the security background yourself, maybe at half past five in the morning, there wouldn't be many on shift or even perhaps needed, do you think? Well, let's see, of course, that's the QED there, Neil, that's the problem. Uh, they're needed all the time. Um, you know, Garda stations are needed. The whole security issue. No, I'm not suggesting in any way there was any drug involvement or anything like that. But like we're living in a different world now. The days of the St. Bridget, St. Bridget Cross and uh, uh, Sisters of Mercy kind of hospitals and, you know, 1960 or is gone. Or we're living in a, a very adversarial No, that's world. true. But, yeah, but we, yeah. but we always had psychiatric patients in, and, and kept in... Um, in, 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 in hospitals that were far yeah. from ideal, but they were for psychiatric pain. You don't put somebody um, who's... And, and I don't know the, 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 this young man's situation. I just don't know. Not for now, anyway. But you don't put somebody who's, say, for instance, a psychiatric patient into a general ward. Um, well, there, there, there are problem, problems there. I'm, I'm just saying the overall security situation... Um, but, but, our, but, our, but our clinicians, our doctors and our nurses are being forced to take a risk because they don't have other beds. Yeah, well, as I say, as I say, the whole security, and before we get to all that, the whole security industry in this country, uh, it, it, you need a visible security presence in this country. It needs to be better. I, I have my doubts when I see employers advertising again and again and again, and, and there are thousands of them. Uh, security positions have been advertised at the moment. It, it, it doesn't seem there's some very major businesses, in fact, inside in Cork City, and they can't seem to get security staff at all. They can't get them for the nightclubs, they can't get them for the pubs, the bars, they can't get them at all. The whole security uh, system in this country has gone downhill, and it's, and it's a problem before you even get to that. We, people have got to take security seriously. And do you think it's because of pay? And conditions and rosters and shifts. And that, that is correct. There's too many chiefs and not enough Indians in the whole in the whole security business anyway uh, to, 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 to make it work. 
I mean, they talk about supervisors. I mean, most security staff are walking alone. In fact, you, you, you can see quite a lot of staff, a lot of staff out there, and and they're, and they're just surfing on their mobile phones for crying, for crying out loud. The security has got to be taken. This this is a, a high stakes uh, Ireland we're living in. As I say, the, the old days are long gone. You have to look after your business. You have to look after your people. You have to look after your revenue. I I, I can even see Dunn stores, for instance, they're looking for a big time security supervisor at the moment. They're actually gone. So they're they're actually even bypassing the the, the companies like G4S there now and and uh, Bidvest Moon. They're bypassing all these companies. They're advertising directly again and again and again. They're looking for more and more people, and they have to take it seriously and they have to pay them properly and look after them because that is where it starts. Okay, okay. Thank you for that, Morris. Uh, take security more seriously. Pay them better. Um, actually, one or two of the other questions that probably will be need answering or at least investigated by perhaps the Garda Shikona and the Mercy itself is what kind of a CCTV system do they have? What kind of camera access do they have? What monitoring of, of cameras and monitors are they doing on the different wards? If there's not a physical staff member on the different wards, who's watching? Um, and, you know, could somebody have reacted faster rather than being called, say, for instance, by another patient. Another question I'm thinking that will also need to be answered is to look at the assessment of the man who killed uh, Matthew Healy when he was first admitted through the hospital's emergency department. Notes will be looked at. What was the reason to put somebody? What was his condition? What was his state of mind at the time? What call was made? You know, even in spite of the pressures in a hospital system when assessing a patient is being done and the pressure that staff are under, um, that he was sent to a general medical ward. Um, and again, as Joan said earlier on this morning, uh, you know, it is down to lack of beds in the psych ward. That could have been the reason, that certainly was the reason in the, in the violent incident that Joan observed uh, some time ago. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Karen, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for holding your thoughts. Well, I thought, well, I didn't hear your whole conversation there, but um, talking about security and so on, I don't think that it's security per se that's the problem. It's it's simple lack of staff, lack of beds, too many people crowded in too small of a place, not enough people to mind everybody and and do what needs to be done. Um, they, they don't seem to be doing a whole lot of hiring. Um, I, I know people that, that, um, have, have come over and been told they were going to be given jobs and six months later, they're still sitting around. And okay. Well, as in health jobs, health, with health jobs within the healthcare system, within the healthcare system. Yes. Doctors and nurses actually. So, um, that are sitting there trained and, and not being used. Yeah, it's kind of um, a, it, it's a perfect storm, actually. Not not only um, you know a shortage of staff or nurses or doctors, because many of them, of course, have just said, "I can't live, I can't work in this oh, health yeah. system anymore. I am leaving." But also a short, a chronic shortage of beds. Chronic shortage of beds. You know, I I know I I've been in the hospital a number of times for various different things the last fifteen fifteen or eighteen years, and. Um, and I I know that I got left in the hallway when I had, it turned out I had food poisoning, but it's throwing up <laughs> and I was given a, a bucket mm. laying in the, in, 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 hall, in the hallway on a trolley mm. for, I don't know how many hours I was there before they actually brought me in and, and 
looked at me. I mean, I, somebody saw me. Oh yeah, here you're throwing up. Here's a bucket. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And 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 I was there for hours before I was actually looked at, and they said, "Oh, you have food poisoning," and they gave me some medications and and so on, and and then I was fine. But um, it, it took that long. It should have happened right away. Mm. You know. Um. It's just, it, the whole thing's a mess. It it, it all. The system wasn't bad 20 years ago. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't bad. And then they went and closed a bunch of places and went to this whole center of excellence ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, closed down a lot of places, and now everywhere is overcrowded. And there's way fewer beds than there were, and there's a million more people than there were. Uh, it's just it's a mess. It's just a mess. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. Interesting you mentioned security staff at the Mercy because the Mercy Hospital has done quite a bit of advertising for security staff at the hospital recently, according to Matthew on air a few minutes ago. Others are saying, why do Cork and Irish people not come out and get the government out? Hold a vigil for that poor, defenceless 89-year-old man savagely attacked. There have been vigils for deaths in England and further afield. This man's death needs some respect, but it also needs solidarity. We should shout his name from the rooftops and make sure it never happens again. This would have brought the government down years ago. This is their making. RIP, Mr. Healy. I, for one, won't forget your last horrendous time in this rotten country's health system, says Patricia. Yes, it is such, um, it is such a serious and awful, um, traumatic, shocking story it was actually the lead story on Sky News yesterday. Uh, this is horrendous. The whole country is reeling from this horrific killing. Uh, God love Mr. Healy's family and God give the staff and those who witnessed the attack the strength to come to terms with this. Every week now, we're hearing stories. Things are so out of control. You have to wonder as well how other, other people who are elderly would be feeling at home listening to this, wondering, you know, say for instance, if they have an upcoming hospital visit or for family members who might have an elderly family member either going to hospital or in hospital. Um, I unfortunately have had two family members in hospital this year. Uh, When I heard what happened to that poor man, no surprise really, a patient can be inside their ward for hours without anyone coming near them. I have witnessed it several times over and have heard my family members speak about it. There's no check on how long visitors are staying there either. The whole system is a complete shambles. Um, and then some more comments and texts. Unbelievable. There's no shortage of money to put in cycle lanes and widen footpaths. They seem to prioritise all of the wrong things in this country, which should be hospital beds, nurses and doctors. We can't blame the nurses. Uh, and nobody is. Um, they're overworked and underpaid. One nurse sometimes does the work of three The blame is on the heads at the top. It's now gone beyond a joke what's happening in our country. Uh, Time to get a great big scouring pad and do a big clean-up. There's money going into bank accounts of those who just don't give a damn. My condolences to the man's family. We'll pick up on this after 10. Text 0868-104-106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Tragic death of uh, Matthew Healy in the, in the care of the Mercy University Hospital at the time. Uh, Tragic, tragic news. Um, And I was giving you uh, much of the story as we know it. 
uh, earlier on this morning, Gardaí have launched their own murder investigation. There also will be an investigation and a probe within the hospital as to how this happened. And a lot of questions will need to be asked to somebody suggesting this morning it's only a matter of time before something like this could happen. Will it be swept under the carpet and forgotten about? I'm sure, as usual, in Ireland it will. I don't know, to be quite honest with you. We deal with tragic stories. We hear about them. We're shocked at them. We're alarmed and we move on. Last week it was the death of Timothy O'Sullivan in Mallow. He may have lain uh, unknown, undisturbed and dead for 20 years in his bed in his little cottage uh, for that period of time. Will we learn from that? Or will we, you know, just move on from the story of, of Timothy on to the next one? Uh, but this is particularly disturbing because this is not what you expect to happen when an elderly relative goes into a hospital setting to be cared and looked after. Back to the phone lines we go. Advocate for the elderly, Paddy O'Brien. Paddy, good morning. Good morning. Um, and this, this is a desperate story. When I heard this yesterday, I spoke to Alan O'Connor, your, one of your journalists yesterday, and I said, and you said the same thing this morning, that people go to the hospital to get treatment, to be cured, and come home and live a normal life. This is the, just no words yeah. can explain yeah. what this yeah. And, and I understand to. that sometimes people who go into hospital for care and attention and intervention don't always make it and they pass away, yes. but not yeah. in circumstances like this. Exactly. I can imagine the fright at the door yesterday morning. I mean, I mean... Nobody can blame the staff because I have to say I go on a personal note. I was a patient myself there two years ago for a, a, a good length of time, and I see my I saw myself the first time. The hard work, the great work, and the dedicated, committed staff that are there. Now about this poor man, Mr. Healy down in, in, in Berings, it's 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 awful. It's desperate. It's it's awful. And a lot of things for probably perhaps will have to change, and a lot of things are are being reported this morning. What's going to be done? What is going to be done? But um, that won't bring the, the poor man back to his no. family. I mean, the family, there are, no, I won't say, they're, they're all, it's the worst thing that happened to them in the way he died. And as you already said there, it's okay to get girls to come to your door and say a mother or father has died or passed away in hospital, but to be murdered inside in, 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 in bed by a, by a fellow patient. It's just awful, awful, But should awful, people, uh, clearly people are shocked, right? And and condolences to the poor man's family. May his gentle yeah. soul rest in peace is another text I have in front of me here. But should we also be angry? And, and like, what's going to be done? It just seems to go from bad to worse. And, and now this, like... When, it, when is going, somebody going to cry, stop, we need more nurses, we need more doctors, perhaps we need more hospitals. We certainly need more hospital beds. We have 8,000 less beds than we had in the 1980s. I mean, this is chaos. Yeah. Well, the situation I'm in at the moment, <clears throat> I, don't, I, I, I didn't want to be critical of anybody at this point in time. Okay, okay. And, <clears throat> and I, am, I am great, I have every need, because I'm telling you what I can't discuss, I will discuss it tomorrow morning with you. That I was, I'm very upset about my friend. I'll call him my friend now, who I have been visiting with since last November, who passed away on Friday, and I'm rushing off to. She's been cremated. The lovely lady I spoke to was living in appalling conditions. I failed to get any support. I failed to get a doctor to call. I failed to get home help. I failed to get meals and wheels. I failed to get public health nurse. We fa- I failed to get her an inhaler. I failed to get her her medication. Oh she was ignored. That poor woman, what she suffered 
in that house in the north side of the city was deplorable and the HSC should be ashamed of themselves. The HSC are there. I, I read over the papers over the week, the big salaries the HSC people are getting. Well, at the end of the scale, you have people like my friend now who, who died. I call him my friend, my friend Mary, alone. Uh, only for Red FM I wouldn't speak to you this way it was you hiding a letter of oh, case I'm heartbroken to hear that Paddy I'm absolutely and I'm going off to a funeral I'm we so, fail, we so failed that I, I woman I have to say this a lovely family they weren't speaking because the lady had psychological problems I know problems. she did yeah, I know. she had psychological problems and I can fill you in more tomorrow morning that is so tragic I'm so sorry to hear that oh my oh, god it's That's awful tragic. it's just desperate and she was a beautiful woman I saw her in Red Oldchester in, in, at, um, at, over at um, Copley Street and I said what a beautiful person she was only 68 years of age but the family her, her, a lovely daughter loved her her two, her two sisters loved her but she resented everybody well and if she was unwell mentally then she needed exactly, the help of those professionals that are there to and be she, that woman suffered and that lady could have had a, a better quality of life a good quality of life if the doctors had listened to me and that the doctor, sorry, the HC had listened to me. Yeah. Would you believe this? That when I rang looking for a public health nurse, and they rang me back, I was told that they couldn't send a nurse out there because I wasn't a doctor. I can't refer people, they told me, over the phone. And the guy finished up talking to me, he said, and the nurse said, don't ever, don't ever call here again looking for a nurse because you're not a doctor. To, to anybody who listened to the program the over the last, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. I got a call it's the same thing but look we can discuss the other, uh, Mr. Healy's problem de- death now Robert is walking the all thinking about as I said yesterday that Lord is kind of um, prayers we must all remember or simply talk about our prayers for that family it's such a tough time ahead of them it's something they'll never 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 get over but whatever the problems are inside after the investigations they will have to be attended to they'll have to be sorted out thanks Paddy for now I'll let you get to the cremation sorry so sorry to hear that story thank you Paddy O'Brien that was a story that we worked on uh, since November with regards to that uh, that lady that needed help sadly um, it wasn't forthcoming Um, I'll say no more about it because I'm just hearing it myself for the first time but I, I feel it as if I feel as if uh, she was let down uh, by the system and by those that could have helped. Um, what we do know at this stage is that the Gardaí have launched a murder investigation, or if they haven't, they will, uh, following the receipt of uh, post-mortem results on the body of uh, Matthew Healy, 89-year-old patient who died after he was attacked by another patient with a walking aid in Cork City Hospital on Sunday morning. I am hearing other stories this morning relating to all of this. Unfortunately, um, a lot of them aren't broadcastable because there's a guard investigation underway and one would be very careful to be able to make a call between what is fact and what is hearsay. But I do appreciate your text nonetheless, so do keep them coming. Text 0868104106. I can't say that all of them will get to where, but here's one. My elderly mum is in hospital at the moment. She's just after surgery. To hear this news this morning, I'm shocked, saddened and angry that this could happen. You are not safe in your sick bed, in your most vulnerable state. What is the world coming to? The absolute shambles of a healthcare system we have. The staff and management at breaking point. Something needs to be done. That poor man. It's so heartbreaking 
uh, thoughts with his family. I'm not quite sure that I would include management or the higher tiers of so-called excellent, excellence within the HSE as being at breaking point. I think the front line are, uh, you know, I think that they are, you know, your doctors and your nurses who are working all sorts of crazy long hours. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure that management will be in the same ball game with regards to, uh, you know, shift work or working extended hours. Uh, I'm quite sure that some of them do take their jobs very seriously. But I think the further up the food chain, the more questions need to be asked. Orla, good morning. Hi, Neil, good morning. Thank you for taking the call. You're a nurse uh, in London, I believe, is it? but trained in Cork. I trained in Cork, yes, um, I did. And I, I trained um, in 1999 and I left in 2007. So um, I live in London now, but I was just listening to you this morning and I was just so shocked. I could not believe what I was hearing. So I just had to text and just first give my condolences to the family. Um, and just, um, it's just shocking, do unbelievable. You, do, did, you, did you train in Cork hospitals from 99 to 07? Yeah, I, yeah, I trained in um, CUH in 1999 and I left Ireland in 2007. Okay. Um, and how did you find those years of training when you were on the wards there for that period? Um, I, I loved nursing. I love my job. Um, it's just such a, a hard job. It's a physical and mental job. Um, it's totally understaffed, as everybody knows. Um, and so while I'm, what, what the lady earlier said, that she was shocked but not surprised. Joan, yeah. Um, it kind of rings, tr- rings true. Um, just the just the resources aren't there, the beds aren't there, and um, mixing a psychiatric patient in with a general ward isn't a great solution. But then patients need some, if they need general care, um, medicine, um, and not psychiatric. Where do you place these patients? How do you? That's fine. I understand that. Uh, I understand that it could be somebody who has got mental health issues and needs general care from medicinal care but if that's the yeah. case and there's a potential risk to the other patients then there yeah. should surely be some kind of I, w- I have to yeah. say a 24-7 monitoring of that patient in the general yeah, ward should. we had um, at the time there used to be like um, specials so you'd have a psychiatric nurse or a security that would be with the patient 24 hours a day um, that's what happened when I was in Cork but Morris tells us this morning that the health, the hospitals are heavily marketing and advertising, trying to get security staff. They can't even get the security staff that they would need to avoid scenarios and tragedies like this. Yes, but then, I mean, again, looking at um, security work, it's a low paid job. They tolerate a lot of abuse. It's not an attractive work uh, career because of, of because of what they have to put up with. So we have to look at the, you know, the grassroots. How do we pay people better wages how can we attract people into this career because it's always the vulnerable who suffer including this elderly patient and um, it's just always those people who are suffering the most and they can't attract people in yeah are you still nursing i'm still nursing yeah <laughs> i'm about to go to work very soon but i listen to you every morning when i'm not going when I'm, um, but can, but can you can you imagine how, say, for instance, your colleagues, your fellow nurses at the Mercy must be feeling? I mean, if 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 I feel that we've let the man down, how must they feel? They must feel absolutely I, gutted. Oh my gosh, it's going to be like post traumatic stress disorder. I can't actually imagine. I just I feel so sorry for them. I really do because that's going to be a, a, a trauma, definitely, and it's going to be with them for a long time. Mm, so. Mm, mm. 
it's just shocking. But I just wanted to give my condolences to the family. Um, I was just blown. I was really lost for words. And then I texted you, so now I'm on the radio. But Thank you for taking um, the call. I'll let you get on to work. Appreciate <laughs> it. Look after yourself. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Text 0868 Thank you, Orla. Hillary says, I'm not surprised at all. I was a patient in a hospital seven years ago in a room with an elderly woman and an older man and a young man with mental health issues. A care assistant was supposed to be in the room 24-7 to watch them, but a nurse kept pulling her out to do jobs for her, asking me, a sick patient attached to a drip, to watch the two men. I was terrified and I told the care assistant and she told me the nurse would stop doing it if I told her that I would make a formal complaint. I was eventually moved to another room the following morning. That was a patient that was in hospital um, with an elderly woman, an older man and a younger man with mental health issues. Condolences to the man's family. May you rest in peace. We need to go back to the days when elderly patients were kept separate from all other patients. The poor staff and patients in that ward must be traumatised. The government is responsible for the lack of beds in the hospital. As one minister said, people will die in hospitals because of overcrowding. What are they doing about it? Sweet damn all. Shame on them. Thank you for that, Linda. That is an accurate quote. People will die in hospital because of overcrowding. People will die in hospital because of not being able to admit it, to get admitted into hospitals because of um, the backlog in A&E and the chaos in the ER department. People will also die in hospital, as we've seen this morning, because they will be killed by other patients. It's absolutely, totally and utterly Shocking. Uh, to the phone lines we go. Louise, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are things? You wanted to pick up on this tragic story. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you know what? I want to, I want to mention two things to you. First of all, I'm going to tell you a story about what happened to a family member of mine in July. She has a diagnosis of schizophrenia for about 12 years. Okay, and I don't want to know anything else about um, that might identify that relation of yours. Yeah. No, that's fine. So she was admitted to hospital. We were trying to get her to admit to hospital. She needs to have her medication tweaked the hospital wouldn't take her because there was nowhere for them to put her. So CUH hospital, psychiatric hospital, the beds were full. So she was sent home and tried to take her life. She was in such a manic state coming back into the hospital. She was put on a ward, a general ward, for three months because she had to have surgery. Even though she needed a special, as your previous talker just said, she needed a special. She would, she would have an episode every day. And she was put on a ward with four other patients. When you say when she was on that ward, she had episodes. A, a psychotic episodes. Okay, what well, describe that? What would that typically have been? Um, I'd say nearly one of your callers was nearly talking about her throwing a tray across the room. That that kind of case. Joanne, that's what Joan spoke about this morning about yeah, somebody. I say it's actually the reason I rang in. I'd say she could be talking about that family member. <sighs> Like she, she, she's actually deemed a risk to herself. She's a risk to the public. And the problem is, the problem is the likes of GS and St. Michael's are overrun with people. There's no long-term uh, facilities in Cork or in Ireland, actually, for people with uh, registered mental health illnesses. So the short-term beds are being taken so up by long-term just for, for, for Just explain to us, for, those, for people who sadly suffer with psychiatric or mental health issues, where sometimes they're a risk to themselves or indeed others, yeah. is there a hospital for them? So there's short-term stay units. So like GF would be one, St. Michael's would be one, St. Stephen's would be one, but they're short-term. They're not long-term. So when somebody has a long-term illness, they're taking up a short-term bed. So then when somebody like that man that went into to the Mercy the other day needed a short-term stay, they're not there because they're taken up because there's no long-term stay. 
But is there? But there are psychiatric hospitals though with long-term they're, beds. They're not long-term anymore. Okay, so there's like, no long-stay facility where somebody over a lengthy period of time could be helped to get well or stabilised no, and be able no, to be reintroduced. They're kept in the short-term stay beds. There's not a long, like there might be a long-term one that people are in their 80s now and like nearly like the, the Mag- Magdalene Sisters kind of style. But there's not actually long-term stay facilities for people with new diagnoses of psychiatric illnesses. There's not. They are all short-term beds. GF St. Michael's and St. Stephen's, they're all short-term. Now, so, people are in there long-term. I'm not saying that they're kicking people out. People are in there long-term, but they're actually not long-term facilities. So therefore, the short-term beds then are full, and when they are full, there is a spillover where they need to use general wards for somebody who most definitely should be in a psychiatric ward 24-7 with monitoring and care. And people have psychotic breaks. If I had one in the morning, I would present myself to A&E. They would have nowhere to put me because the short-term stay beds are full of long-term patients. And do, do you know if when your relation was in that um, general ward for that lengthy period of time, that other patients were traumatized or frightened or worried were. or upset? They definitely were. Like our family members are traumatized. I mean, and we and we know the person. You know, it, of course they were. Um, like there was like with, with her illness, an awful lot of it would be up all night. You know, you're you're inside in a hospital trying to get a bit of rest, and there's somebody talking to themselves all night long. And did they complain, do you know, I'm wondering? Well, I didn't hear about it, being honest. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. We didn't, we didn't get told. Okay. And is that, pardon me, without overly prying, but is it an ongoing okay. situation with your relation? Oh, ongoing. So she has a diagnosis of schizophrenia. Yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, there's no getting rid of it. She's a diagnosis of 12 years. She's in and out of the short-term units for the last 10 years. They now don't want to know about it anymore. They can't do any more. What about Saint, I'm just thinking. What about what about St Patrick's Hospital? Isn't that one of the main in um, Dublin centres for mental health services? So yes, that is, that is. But so because it's not classed as a long term stay. Like it's not classed as residential. We'll, we, okay. we'll put it like that. We did have it's, that years ago. Many different long term stays. We had them on Lee yes, side. We had a lot of them at the Lee Road. I actually, I actually knew of one in Dublin, um, St. Peter's, was mentally handicapped and psychiatric um, in, in Donabate in Dublin. But if this, isn't, they, if this isn't fixed or changed, and it may take the death of, Ma- of Matthew Healy to change it, it will happen again. It, it may not be somebody killed, but it will be more assaults and more people hurt. You heard Joan's story. 100%. We're hearing. And like with the person that I'm, I'm ringing in about, the, the risk, like they're, they're being let go home. They're being let go home every time, like they shouldn't be. They're definitely a risk to themselves, which they've proven, and I would say a risk to the, the general public, being honest. There needs to be somewhere that these people can be given the treatment and the help that they need in a safe and secure environment. And uh, did you say earlier that your loved one attempted to take her own life because... She did in July. She yeah. was actually sent home. We actually, the guards actually brought her to GF. She was brought in. We were contacted saying she'd be put under 48-hour supervision, that they would reassess her on the Monday morning because the psychiatrist wasn't on and blah, blah, blah. We were delighted with that. We knew she'd be safe and sound for the next 48 hours. And within three hours, she had thrown herself off a fourth-floor building in Cork City. Oh, my God. 
And then because of the severe damage she did to herself physically, she was put into a general ward in the CUH because she needed to have five surgeries. There you go. And that can be a reason for being in a general ward. That's a exactly. typical reason. So that's, my, that's kind of what I'm ringing about. So we tried to get her admitted. The guards brought her in. A, doction, a doctor had sanctioned. A, um, South Dock had written a letter requested by the guardie to be brought into hospital to have her admitted. And after three hours, she was released. Because they didn't and have a did bed? Um, I don't know if that's the reason. I do think that they are, my personal opinion, I don't know if I'm allowed to give that, my personal opinion is that they're sick of dealing with her, that she is problematic. Yeah, because she's, she's unwell in misfortune. Yep. She it's not, she's not, have, she it's not, she's not making it up. No, not at all. And they it. know this. Yep, can't help it. That's my honest belief that they've done, like they have said to, to our family that this is behaviour. Yes, it is. Look up schizophrenia. Look it up. It is behaviour. She can't help the behaviour, though. Oh, man, I like we're actually, this moment, our family, it's not funny. It's ironic that this has happened in Cork this weekend. I have spent the last month onto every TD I possibly can trying to get this, this girl uh, the help that she needs because she is being refused it from the HSE at the moment. So not only are we not helping patients in general wards who are in there, the likes of Matthew Healy, we're not helping psychiatric patients either. Not at all. And I actually think that that is the biggest dip in the HSE is actually, I know the beds and the 8,000 beds and the population in Ireland is, is increasing rapidly and the beds are declining. But the mental health service in Cork in Ireland is just appalling. I remember talking I remember some talking months ago about Miss Fortune who walked out the door of the Mercy and tried to throw themselves in the river. Patient, yeah. After being probably told your grand, I don't know the reasons behind it. That's as much as I know. I don't know. But there, know. there is, there is a, there's a flaw. There's a flaw there that really needs to be addressed. Like a poor man is after losing his life. Two families are are really affected. At, you know about what's after happening. This man that's in custody and the man that's in the morgue. There's, you know, there's two families that are really, I know, I know, really going to be affected by this, and it could have been helped. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Louise. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, what's on your mind on this Monday morning? Uh, well, look, again, just like like everybody, um, condolences to the family of the man who lost his life. But I, I just wanted to make a comment, and I'm going to get cop some flack for this on something you said around nurses and doctors. And I think, you know, people need to understand that sometimes these attacks can be random. You know, and, and you can't have a guard or a nurse or a doctor on every street corner standing at the end of every bed. You know, I mean, look, men- mental health issues are everywhere. Sometimes it's thrown out of the defence, and I, I, I don't believe it has been clarified yet as to this young man um, who committed the murder as to whether or not there were mental health issues. But take, take the Graham O'Dwyer case, or anyone who's committed murder, sure, of course you have to have mental health issues to kill someone, but is, is that going to be our forever? I don't know. I can't, you listen, I know what you're you saying, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to jump on your back on this one because yeah, I don't yeah. know what kind of an assessment was made. What? At admissions, that would be a question that would have to be answered when he yes. was assessed. So I have to agree with you on that. He could he could have walked through with a, a medical issue that wasn't psychiatric. I un, I understand, and and something could have kicked off in the ward. I don't know. I don't know. It's a point at which which point in society we're we just going to, you know, start understanding that some people are just nasty people. That's it, you know. And all these defences, and you know, when the guards react. The family says, oh, they had mental health issues, the guards overreacted and all this stuff. But, like, sometimes there's just not nice people out there. Mm. You know? mm. and, 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 and that's it. And the randomness of a lot of attacks 
doesn't matter how many resources you have, it could still happen. So that's just, I, I, look, we are, at, we have a huge but, 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 but yeah, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but certainly there needs to be some sort of mental health intervention if this is what you do to an elderly patient in a bed, you know? All day long, yeah. You, you, are, not, you are not, a say, surely you're not sane enough. Absolutely, 100%, you know, that you'd react like that because, you know, he was admitted a number of days earlier. So it, it, it And by all like, accounts, from what I'm reading, unknowns to Matthew Healy. They didn't know each yeah, other. But, but the point being, like, it wasn't a Saturday night and he was drunk. A lot of people commenting at the weekend were, of course, hindsight warriors and, oh, this is A&E and trolleys and all that. But, you know, the facts obviously slowly trickled out. But it wasn't that he was drunk or anything. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that would be a defence either. Well, I suppose stall until we know. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it didn't turn up. This didn't happen in A&E between a drunk man and an older man. Like, There's a lot more going on here that we will have yet to find out. But I just think people need to start calling out the fact that there are some very nasty people in society now and we just don't have the resources maybe to, to be on every street corner. That's the point I made. And I, I just wanted to pull you up, Neil, as I do, on the comment you made about more nurses and doctors. Like, if there was 10 times the nurses and doctors in, in the hospital the other night, would... Could you say that would have prevented that? Uh, no, I was ma- I was making a point that have we moved well away from a scenario where on every single ward there is always a staff member on the ward or or or, or actual eyes on the ward, so that it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming it's because there just isn't enough staff that it would take the patients to call for help. Well, this is it. I mean, this this can't have been a split second thing. This must have been going on for you know, maybe not minutes, but certainly some length of time, which, you know, if you, if you have to go through a ward, you'd, you'd probably cover the whole thing in 30 seconds. So look, I think people should just let the, let the facts come out as we go through it there and just, let's just think of the, think of the, the family who've lost the man. Okay. Today. All right. And you're right to say that. Thank All you right. for that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, by text, uh, shocked at how this dear man at the age of 89 has died, having been assaulted in his hospital bed. Sending kind wishes to Mr. Healy's family and his friends and neighbours in the community of Berings. I really feel for the other sick patients there at the time of the assault. Kind wishes to the dedicated and overworked staff. Shell says our health system's beyond ridiculous, so it's long gone beyond that. The Mercy Hospital is, the waiting room is rough. There should be a separate area assigned to those who are obviously unstable or others who are intoxicated. It's unfair on patients waiting up to 14 hours in this safe, unsafe environment. Waiting times should not be this long. Teresa says, while I don't know the circumstances of the story, but what I do know is I was in A&E in the CUH two weeks ago. The length of time I observed people with very clear mental health issues being left to wait to receive treatment from the mental health team in the hospital was outrageous. I felt sorry for the doctors and nurses who were clearly stressed to the limit and needed the support of this specialist mental health team. There seems to be only one psychiatrist on call for emergency situations. All crisis mental health issues are an emergency for the person experiencing it. This is a recipe for disaster if someone doesn't take heed. Funding is easily found for our roads our extended footpaths and our bicycle lanes around the city, but can't be found to put primarily into mental health services across the country. Imagine the trauma suffered also by the staff and other patients. A few hours of counselling won't heal that trauma for staff. May this gentleman rest in peace and condolences to his poor family. He died unnecessarily in a place he should have been safe. Uh, that's a very powerful line. He died unnecessarily in a place he should have been safe. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Adele, good morning. 
Oh, hi, Neil. Good morning. Um, sympathy to that poor man and his family. It's an absolute shocking story. And sadly, it doesn't really cause me too much surprise because as a family, we had an incident back in 2005 where our mother um, suffered a stroke and she was non-verable. So she was in an acute hospital, I won't say where. And I was in on this particular day visiting her and um, as I said, she was non-verable. So it was very difficult for her being in this big medical ward. And then there was a woman came through the ward and she had a magazine rolled up, you know, as you might be, you know, rolling a magazine. So it's quite hard now at this stage. And she came over and started to hit my mother with it. Oh, my God. And went through, yeah, absolutely. Who, who and was there? The you, you, who was there? You weren't there, were you? I was there, yeah. I was there with my mother. And um, there was no sign of any nurses. Um, I'm not saying anything against nurses or doctors. I'm just telling you what happened in this particular So, situation. but you, you would rush to the nurse's station, you know, when you go I did. in the area. Oh, there's... gosh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I rushed. So she was. She left my mother. I was kind of, leave her alone, leave her alone. And she was hitting all of the other people, going through the ward, banging them with their with the, the hard magazine. So I rushed to the nurse's station. There was about three or four nurses sitting around chatting, sitting in forms probably. A lot of bureaucracy obviously has to be done. And I said to them, this, this lady going through the ward, hitting the patients, including my mother, and they looked up at me and they said, well, what's your point? She's entitled to medical care as well as your mother. Uh, so they couldn't say that. You're saying that your mother they was did. being hit in the bed. I'm telling you what they said. Absolutely. I remember it vividly. How long ago was vividly. this? Just, I'm just curious. 2005. And they said... She's entitled to, she's not entitled to beat your mother or the other. That's what other I patient. said. I said she's entitled to medical care for sure. She's not getting it by going through a ward with a rolled up magazine hitting other patients. And certainly my mother isn't getting it by being hit or all the other poor unfortunates in, in the same ward. So I can't remember. I, I assumed I went back to my mother and the incident stopped. I don't remember any nurse running out. I certainly have no memory of that because I don't think it happened. I have a very good memory. And the upshot, there was other things in the same acute hospital, which was not in Cork, by the way. And, um, you know, you'd go to her um, at mealtimes, the, the tray was taken away, not a, not a bit of food touched. So you said, you know what, she'd actually die of something in here, malnutrition or being hit. So we took her out. God almighty. Did you question mm. as to why the food would have been left untouched and nobody noticed or... Oh, absolutely. You you could go back to the nurses' station, um, and just anytime you're in hospital, just look and see where where are the nurses. I mean, they probably have too much paperwork. I don't know, but you know. But you're not describing an incident of too much paperwork. You're talking describing an emergency where patients. I, I mean, know. A, a rolled up magazine. That's a fairly hefty weapon when it's it rolled is. up, right? It yeah, is now, it to is, be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. And not one of them. If, not. I mean, if there was a no. few of them, you think one of them would have reacted. Oh, there was about three or four of them. Um, but I, another, just kind of going on a slight divert, I mean, I visited a friend in another acute hospital. She was in a brain recovery unit. She had um, a massive um, brain bleed. Thankfully, she was recovering. She came to me and said, Edel, would you get the nurse? I need to go to the bathroom. I said, sure. Say her name was Mary. Sure, Mary. I went out. I said, nurse, Mary needs to go to the bathroom. I went up and down the corridor, looked at all the pictures to give Mary privacy to go to the bathroom. Maybe 10 minutes later, I went back in. My poor friend was sitting on the side of the bed in agony. I said, have you not been? No, no, the nurse hasn't been here yet. Went back out. There was the nurse chatting to a care assistant. I saw you up on Facebook. 
you looked fantastic in your blue outfit at the wedding of your nephew. They're having a great old chat. My friend was absolutely in agony. I went to the nurse. I said, nurse, Mary is in agony. I'll get to her when I get to her. Isn't that shocking? I mean, that does yeah. such a disservice now to nurses and clinicians and medical professionals Absolutely, who do their work and and really Absolutely. are only interested in patient care when they hear of others behaving like that. You, I know. Did you do anything about it, though? Did you get onto hospital administration? Did you bang off an email? Anything? No, sadly, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I'll I get to her when I get to her. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, because I suppose, I didn't, in that instance, I didn't feel it was my call because I was visiting a friend and I didn't want a complaint going in about her care, it wasn't my call in that But I know, but I have to wonder, like, first of all, your mother had a stroke and was non-verbal, so she could not defend herself. They they must have known that, you know, they must have known that. I mean, they are doing a disservice to other nurses. They should not be doing that job. If that's the way they were spending time talking about somebody's Facebook photographs and a patient needs uh, to go to the bathroom, they're in the wrong job. Yeah, those nurses certainly. I and I know I I could tell you lots of stories about fantastic nurses, and most nurses and doctors are absolutely fantastic. But there is ones that sadly do leave the profession down. In those two instances, I feel they did. And, um, and sadly, the they, they are working with elderly patients within geriatric mm. wards um, or senior citizens. And I wonder, do they get forgotten about in stations like that with nurses like I that? I would say so. I mean, the best advice we got when our mother got sick was um, her, you know, the more visitors she has, the better. <laughs> so kind of keep an eye on her, no matter where she is, whether she ended up in a nursing home and, and died in the well, nursing if, home. If, if the food goes mm. down and it's not eaten and there's no checks yeah, and balances, if somebody yeah. wants to go to the bathroom and they can't, it's chaotic um, at the best of times. Chaotic. But, but, that, but yeah. this isn't chaos. Like, this is just disinterest. You're describing total Oh, I'm describing total disinterest. And, you know, that poor woman that was going around with the magazine hitting people, she shouldn't have been in that ward where there was geriatric, frail, vulnerable people, non-verbal people that couldn't even, my mother couldn't even have said stop, you know, she could say nothing. Yes, but she would Um, have experienced the fear. Oh, without a doubt, you could see the fear in her eyes. She was kind of cowering in the bed as this lady approached her. And if I wasn't there, I don't know what would have happened. That's dreadful. That's dreadful. It really and truly is. Mm. Okay. Thanks, Adele. Appreciate the call. Oh, not at all. Sympathies again to that poor family and I just hope it never happens again. Matthew Healy. Thank you. Christina says, heartbreaking thoughts and prayers with his family and friends. It's just disgraceful. People go to hospital to be looked after and given care and then this happens. A lot of people have a lot to answer for. Well, that's what those investigations hopefully will determine Uh, and I hope that they're honest and open investigations and very thorough. I know the Garda Shikona one will be, and I'm hoping that the same will be the case in the Mercy University Hospital. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you keeping? No, just listen to the, 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 the previous person there, Tonto. I mean, I can, I, can put my, I can put Michal Martin on the air if I can, or, or Simon Coveney, but I know what they'll yeah. say, you know. They'll just, they'll just do that political waffle yeah. that they usually do. The waffle? No, but they're all children, you know that. Neil, I'd just like to say to you, we've, we've a massive land area by DHL on the Brandy Road, right? In fairness, right? And I, I think it's about time we we got a, a big hospital for the Munster area. And I, I, I can't believe he, he was in, he, he was the Taoiseach. 
and Coveney there, they should they should do something for this this for 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 our county. Build another they hospital. Should. Yeah, build a massive hospital. To look after the whole Munster area. Limerick doesn't matter where you are. A thousand, one thousand five hundred car spaces. Where people can look after look after the people that are sick, have a free car park for them coming in. They mightn't have money in their pocket. And Neil, it's disgraceful what the way we treat. It's yeah, I, I did I did read actually and I have it from the Irish Times there just to the back end of the year. I don't know whether you heard the announcement that they were going to, they call them elective care centres for want of a better word, new hospitals. Yeah, they put aside one and a half billion um, and, and much of that will go to Cork. They say that they'll be able to do 355,000 extra hospital procedures every year at a cost of one and a half billion. And one of the sites yeah. for these new hospitals is supposedly St. Stephen's Hospital in Sarsfields Court. Um, so there, there is talk of, of a new hospital but yeah. we, th- this has shown okay this is an example of chaos and a health yeah, system yeah. that's broken the death of Matthew yeah, Healy yeah. but also the possible mixing of the possible mixing of psychiatric patients with general patients on wards that could be okay and that may be a lack of beds I don't know uh, but that's yeah. a very serious risk you know like I, 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 I understand. Th- this isn't necessarily about a new hospital here it's about protocols to prevent this from happening yeah I understand what you're saying but I, I think it's about thing we've all people in the hospitals there I was in hospital there myself I fell on the ice last week look I grant I grant I hold myself but, but what I'm saying is the old people have been treated terrible I'm, I'm 60 I'm 60 coming up to 62 myself I was in defence forces for 31 years and I'm just saying, they're not doing enough. They're not doing enough people. And I feel sorry for them. Thank they're you going for that. to hospitals, old people, Neil, and they're waiting there, Jesus, three days, two days in the hospital. That's not right. It's not right. We, 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 we have good ministers in there at the moment. And I think it's about time. Campaign for a, a big hospital out on where they park, car parking spaces, out on the Mallow Road, out on the Mallow Road, out on the Blarney Road there. And that they, they can do it. They can do it. Yeah, and I just can't. It, it, I well, just can't believe they did not do it. It would be very simple if you have a shortage of beds, build more hospitals, or build extra wards. I know what you're saying. Thanks, Tom. Um, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Jenny says, "How does it happen? Trolleys, short staffing, overcrowding. There are so many reasons. Uh, what has happened to the people in this world?" And hospitals so understaffed and not able to cope. Uh, Tony says, condolences to the man's family. May rest in peace. My thoughts are with the staff of the hospital as well, though. It must be very traumatic for them. Hospitals have a duty of care to people. Uh, Ours are just not fit for purpose. These hospitals are grossly understaffed now, unsafe and a risk to people's life. We need solutions and not more spin. You're absolutely right. Uh, There is not only a duty of care, with regards to the HSC to patients, they also have a duty of care to staff. And their duty of care will be found wanting, I'm sure, even pending this investigation because of what nurses and staff and doctors and security personnel had to do to try and save the life of Matthew Healy and failed. My heart goes out to the man's family. When my dad was in hospital, a patient with dementia pushed him and broke my dad's hip. He was never the same again. Having said that, the nurses have a very hard job. People have to be held accountable and fired over this. No excuses. Hospital is a place you are meant to feel safe. A place to heal and to recover and to hopefully go home well. That kind of sums it up, really. That's what you expect of hospital scenarios. Uh, and, and not everybody makes it, but they, they may pass away having got the best medical intervention. 
Um, Matt Healy was killed um, by another patient. Imagine living till your 80s and to be murdered in a hospital bed. It's heartbreaking for his family. So sorry for your loss. Uh, Noreen, understaffing at all levels, the HSE will do a big investigation and will leave wards understaffed and dangerous. And this will just happen again. The HSC, as always, is to blame. Uh, text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. I recall an incident uh, last year, just under a year ago, outside the Mercy. Uh, I remember seeing the video and talking about it on air where workers at the Mercy, I think some of them may have been security, but others were definitely doctors and medics. Uh, this bunch of cowards attack them outside the mercy. They're throwing punches and they're kicking at the doors and all sorts of stuff. Do you remember that? Um, they had their hands full trying to deal with those characters. And I know that at one stage, uh, Gardy um, arrived and a man in his 30s was, arrest- was arrested. Uh, I don't know what happened since then. I think he was released without charge and a file went to the DPP. But I have no further update on that. You may recall the video of these thugs um, and uh, they'd taken on staff there who were just trying to do their job. I think they were trying to get in to visit somebody. I don't know whether they were off their heads or whatever the case may be. But certainly the carry-on was certainly left a lot to be desired. Uh, terrible news to be waking up to the story on the programme this morning. Hospitals aren't even safe now. Uh, how can this happen in a hospital setting? Yeah, we'll, have to wait and, we'll have to wait and see as to how this happened in the hospital setting and that will depend very much on the guard investigation and also the internal investigation of the uh, Mercy Hospital as well. But it's expected to be a murder investigation. Um, the deceased man, Matthew Healy from Berings in Mid-Cork, and I'm reading from Barry Roach's copy in the Irish Times, half past five Sunday morning, set upon by a 32-year-old man who was in the same unit. It's a general medical ward at the Mercy and it was the fellow patients that raised the alarm. And at that point, nursing staff raised, raced to the unit, six-bed unit, um, to see the younger guy beating Mr. Healy repeatedly with a walking aid, which in what I would know a walking aid to be like a Zimmer frame. He suffered serious head injuries and pronounced dead at the scene by a hospital doctor. He died a violent death. Um, and apparently the state pathologist, Dr. Margaret Boaster, said uh, after the post-mortem, that it was a violent death after suffering extensive blunt force trauma to the head consistent with a beating. Uh, there is no blame to be laid on the overworked or understaffed and badly treated nurses, says Carmel. It's the hospital management that should be ashamed of themselves. My heartfelt condolences to the poor man and his family. Like they're not magicians, you know, um, those involved in the admission of patients if they have nowhere to put them. And if they haven't got a place in the correct setting, what are they to do? Um, and, and I imagine that those that were involved in this case that led to the death of uh, Matthew Healy must be feeling dreadful about that if, for instance, this individual who killed him should never have been in a general ward. A while back in the hospital, a man punched my brother into the stomach just walking past him. The staff said they needed a male nurse with him as he had a violent tendency and he'd been sent from another hospital. I was shocked. My brother was okay, but what if it had been a knife? It would have been a different story. And he's not that young either, my brother. Other people are suggesting, is this another example of disrespect and mistreatment of our elderly? Like Martin says, are people safe anywhere in this country? The only time politicians appear when we're supposedly getting something done, like a photo opportunity. Uh, Lewis says, I'll never forget when I was in hospital with my ankle broken. I stayed there for six hours in pain. There was an elderly man with gangrene on his leg, stinking. 
Eventually, a nurse came over to me asking if I could wait until the morning because there was no doctor available. Healthcare in Ireland is nothing short of a joke. And it also leads again back to why people are leaving the Irish health system. I was chatting with, um, I was chatting, I didn't get to broadcast it because it was a bit of a bum steer of a story, but I was chatting earlier in the week with the health minister for Newfoundland and uh, Labrador, and they were over in Ireland visiting uh, different cities trying to recruit doctors and nursing nurses. Well, no, actually doctors, let me be accurate about this. So I called him saying, you're over here looking to um, take doctors out of the Irish health system to go and work in Canada at a time when it's an absolute crisis. It's one thing Irish doctors themselves wishing to go overseas, but I think it's another thing entirely um, for countries who come over here uh, touting and looking for staff and, you know, marketing and trying to coax them away. And the health minister said to me, well, we're not actually looking for Irish doctors. We're looking for Canadian doctors to go back to Canada. Uh, but still in all, we also saw the billboards up there recently um, for different states in Australia who are encouraging doctors and nurses and health professionals to go there. It's stories like this in the case of the late Matthew Healy. It's th- stories like that that are encouraging our medical professionals to leave. Back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. A little bit of housekeeping. Well, it's far from housekeeping for people who are celebrating birthdays today, and there are many celebrating birthdays. Pat Dunn from Glanmire is 60 today, so very happy birthday to you. Pat, have a great day. All of your family and all of your friends uh, wish you well. Of course, uh, Pat is a lovely, lovely guy and a brother of the late Ted Dunn, so happy birthday uh, to Pat Dunn. Um, have a good day today and enjoy it. 60, big round number. Also, um, actually, a lovely story with regards to baby born on the link a year ago. You might recall that. We dealt with it on the air and they got in touch with me this morning, the family. Uh, morning, Neil, and all at Red FM. We thought we'd just drop you an email to share that baby Connor, a.k.a. the baby born on the link, turns one year old today. On the go and full of mischief, he sure keeps us busy. And we're very much sleep deprived. It was lovely to share your story, the story with you last January as a bit of good news. Yes, it was good news and a great way to start the year. We might even do a drive-by along the link later with some balloons, <laughs> says Vicky and Stephen Lynch. And they sent me a fabulous photograph of uh, little baby Connor with the birthday hat on him and a big beaming smile and everybody standing around him celebrating. It was some way to come into the world, wasn't it? And it would be fun, actually, to drive along the link, his place of birth. <laughs> it's different to a maternity hospital anyway, that's for sure. So happy birthday to Connor. Happy birthday as well to Pat. Oh, and happy birthday as well to my own wife, Paula, who celebrates her birthday today. So lots of love from all of us. Have a great day today. Happy birthday. Uh, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Quite an amount of texts and calls on this. Um, let me go back to my phone lines, if you don't mind. Linda, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, I'm good. And I'm delighted to be able to chat with you from the point of view of balance and clarity. And that is important. You know, we no, nobody wants to be jumping ahead here. But yet the story needs to be talked about. It is a tragedy. It happened in a hospital scenario. And in spite of what some people are saying to me, you shouldn't be talking about it. We need to talk about these things. It's just not acceptable that this should happen. However, um, from the point of view of balance, go ahead. 
Yeah, so I suffer with um, a mental health, a severe mental health illness, and I have often been found on found myself on general wards. Now, either for other reasons other than my mental health, I've been put in there for different illnesses, or I've been um, on wards for psychiatric reasons. And I have never caused a disturbance. I've never found myself in any trouble with patients, staff. And I have also met other patients who would have had psychiatric reasons and been on general wards. And they have been absolutely fantastic patients and, again, would not have caused any disturbance to patients or staff. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a pity this morning that the conversation just kind of turned that way. And I left the room this morning, Neil, and all of a sudden I came back into the room and it was just psychotic um, was being thrown around psychosis and mental health issues and I just I couldn't believe how quickly the conversation had turned on the radio this oh, morning and I just felt uh, I just uh, have to kind of ring in and just speak up for those with and, mental and health you're not alone uh, although the person who sent me this is no longer listening I've switched you off uh, using the latest tragedy to criticise the hospitals without knowing the full circumstances or the facts have some respect for mm-hmm. all those affected by the tragedy and stop this typical populist stance uh, so you're, yeah. not, you're not alone there um, I have said on numerous occasions this morning that we will have to wait and see what the investigations uh, uncover both the guard mm-hmm. investigation and the hospital investigation but, but I get what you're saying Wh- yeah. who knows what led to this exactly yeah and I can I can imagine like if that gentleman does suffer from a mental health illness, and he was going through a form of psychosis, like the hospital is due to give him just as much care as they were due to any patient in the hospital. And if he was going through a psychosis um, situation, and he now finds himself waking up and realizing that he's after taking the life of another person. Like, that would be a very scary thing for anybody to wake up with. But if you have mental health illness, you wouldn't be aware of what you've done and you would be told by a third party of your actions. And he, he could be, like, if he has got a mental health issue, that could be a terrifying situation for someone to be woken up to and realising that your actions have affected a person and their family and also their own family because of an illness that they can't help that they live with. Mm, mm, and it's just, mm. you know, it's something else as well that there's a lot of people are being affected by this. If this gentleman does have a mental health illness and he was put in a situation where he wasn't being given this full, I suppose, support and care that was due to him. But is it, is it alarming, though, to hear, and I've had conversations with at least one person this morning who said because of a shortage of beds, people who should have been in the psychiatric unit, where there isn't mm-hmm. a bed for them, are put into a general ward? Then I'm sorry to say, but the nurses and doctors are made fully aware of any time I've gone into hospital of the mental illness that I have. And extra supervision has to be taken on board and if I'm in the form of psychosis at that stage they need to give me extra supervision and it it's just because in case I start going into my stages of psychosis and what happens to me they just need to be extra aware of me and if that means that a nurse just has to 
come down every kind of 10 minutes or rotate between a few nurses and just check in to make sure that I'm still in my bed, that I'm comfortable, that I'm being preoccupied with something or that I'm asleep, that they just have to do that. Yeah. And that's because of the illness that I have. And that would be the same if I was in intensive care and I was suffering with an illness that they had to make sure that like machines were working, that I was being monitored. No, I understand it's, that, it's but illness. also duty care to other patients though as well. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. And by them coming down checking on me, they're making sure that the other five people on the ward with me are also being safe and they're all happy, comfortable with me in the room and that they're sleeping well. But but there were two different calls this morning of what could be described as alarming uh, behaviour on the ward from people who shouldn't have been in the general ward, were not being supervised and injured other patients. Yeah. So, like, it's only by talking about these things that people are actually aware of the potential risk in hospital to their health. That this potentially, it has been happening. There have been assaults yeah. on people in their beds, and now we have a death. Yeah. And, 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 and somebody else said in the air before 11 o'clock that there may be no issues at all. There are just angry people in the world. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't I know. Mean, there, there's, there is, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who do not have mental health illnesses and are out there committing crimes. Like, there's been several crimes, like, I mean, the radio this morning on the news, I think there was, like, three 30-year-olds who are up in court mm. at, at the moment, mm. and one of them has a mental health issue, possibly has a mental health issue, and the other two, have, there's been no reportings of which. And how do you feel I when mean, you hear of court reports when that is used as a defence I find it difficult to swallow because I look after my mental health the best I can that I avoid putting myself in situations where my mental health could be, um, I suppose, triggered, I suppose is a word that is kind of thrown around there, that like that I would be upset that my, my mental health could be um, provoked and used against me or that I feel like that it could set off something in me so I just avoid situations that I know that I could be upset in mm. and I just make sure that I'm aware of my mental health and also that my partner is aware of my mental health and we can leave situations that I wouldn't be comfortable in mm. Mm. I suppose we're looking at it from the point of view of it's, it's used and, and I'm not saying that always it's right or wrong to use it, no two cases are the same but you know how you hear yeah. of you know you hear of court cases where somebody has done something absolutely awful um, yeah. and, and, and a reason given for it is because they have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But well, mental health issues come in at different levels too as well. Like, you know, there is like different levels of mental health where, you know, some are um, so severe that they cause a psychosis where a person will completely black out and be disassociated from moments yeah. of their t- day or yeah. hours of yeah, their yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's tragic. It really and truly is. At the end of the day, there was a life lost. But I wish you well, Linda. Thank you so much for taking my call this morning. Okay. Thank you. And good luck to you going forward. Take care. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. All right. Thanks for holding, my man. Um, It's just absolutely tragic. And again, let me reiterate we have to let the investigations take their course. Uh, But yet, all we hear is how the shambles of the HSC seems to go from from bad to worse. and where one would expect a loved one to be safe um, isn't always the case. and certainly wasn't in the case uh, of um, a man who passed away there at the hands of another man at the weekend. Your thoughts? 
And my thing is that hospitals are totally understaffed. Totally enough. I attended emergency a number of occasions with a problem that I had a couple of years ago. And I got the utmost best care. Mm. But I witnessed an incident on one particular night that there was a man dropped dead in the NE. He actually dropped dead in front of us in the NE. And it was down to the lack of staff. The politicians are at home in their beds, asleep. They're looking for no for they're looking out for security to mind, to, to mind these clowns that are running the country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, Neil, the country is on its knees. Look, we, we, look I, I'm not racist. We have farmers propping hotels getting the best of the care and attention and fed. And they can't. The mainstream hospitals are on their knees at the moment. On their knees. What happened in the mercy shouldn't have happened. But it did happen. And all the investigations in the world are not going to sort it. They might remedy a solution that it won't happen again, but why should it take the death of an 89-year-old man to bring it to the forefront that the hospitals are understaffed and there's not enough security in the hospital? Um, the, the reference of the man who died in the A&E was uh, John Rooney, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Do you remember when he went in, I, you did me a courtesy and you came in with me a, a week after. Yeah, we and had a look at the A&E. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and there wasn't a vending machine working. There wasn't a television working. The place was like it was like a third world any at the time. No, I don't know if it has improved since. I genuinely don't know because I wasn't in there a lot in the past since the pandemic. I'm afraid to go in there. I'll be honest, I'm afraid to go in there. But the hospital, the hospitals in Cork are not fit for purpose. They're just not fit for purpose. And I, I sincerely, my heart goes out to the family of the guy that allegedly did did what, what happened. I don't think that guy had the intent to do what he done. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. There's two families destroyed today. Matthew Healy's family are certainly destroyed. Yeah, at the negligence of of the system. It's a system failed. The system failed. And I think people are afraid to come out and say, the system is broken. And it's very easy for Michael McGrath and Michael Martin and Simon Coveney to be up in Dublin and shouting the rhetoric they're putting millions into the HSE. Look, I, I, I saw the new interim CEO and I think the man isn't fit for purpose. I well, know, well I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you'd say that, because I, I don't know anything about the individual who has taken over as the... Uh, that's the CUH, what he though. Said, Neil, what he did say was a couple of weeks ago, he inherited a problem. He inherited a problem of overcrowding. If he's not able to do the job, he shouldn't be in the job. He's not fit for purpose. If I take up a position in a company that's not running right, and if I think I cannot sort it out, I shouldn't be put in. For any CEO of probably the largest institution in the country, the HSE, to say, I inherited a problem. It's not good enough. I don't think Stephen Donnelly is good enough. Genuinely, I don't think he's good enough. And they're all, you can see the team of Pascal down the road at the moment, they're all rallying around him, saving, get rid of him, get him out. Yeah. The old Pascal Donahue thing, is that ser- so serious that he needs to either resign or be sacked, is it? Well, I think he should be sacked because, look, there was a precedent of a Barry Cohn with Eric Caleri with, <coughs> with, uh, with others. Yeah. These, these guys were sacked. And because Pascal is the minister... But say, we, is, that, is that a serious offence or a minor misdemeanour or is there, is there more to see in it than that? Where, like, I know we're slightly off topic, but don't we run the risk that all decent people who would actually would be good in politics will either be hounded out of it because they, they circle the wagons, or sorry, because they get the smell of blood and they go after them, or others who would be good in politics would never go into it. Why didn't he make a statement last Friday, or last Thursday when he was asked? 
the guy that allegedly gave him the money said it's substantially more than what Pascal Dunhu was saying he got. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, look, Neil, probably today is not the day for us. I know that. I, I just, I just can't but help but smile because I'm, sure, I'm quite sure over the years, there's a, there's a lot of politicians who are following that story are saying, "Oh my God Almighty! I hope to God they don't catch me out. I got serious yeah. amounts of money as well from such look, and such, look, and I hope it never comes out." We had a Robert tried before Christmas. We had a video in English last week. Where does it stop? Yeah. Okay. Where does it stop? The okay. in English broke more than one rule. He lied, he fraudulently filled out an application for him and got planning to build a house. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing you wouldn't forget. I know, I know, I know. Look, but look, that's not for today, but okay. like genuinely, genuinely, okay. the hospital system's broken. And you, I know you'll get sick of uh, the, the, the INMO coming out every day and coming out saying that they're understaffed. The proof of the pudding's out. I mean, relies on Cork over the weekend. The hospitals are on their knees. And throwing money at the hospitals is not the answer. The management and the structure has to be changed. There's, there's a system in there that the managers are untouchable. I know people working in the HSE that are very, very, very good people, but their hands are tied. And if they come out and speak, they're reprimanded and they're threatened. Mm. Mm. And that seems to be... Well, their point. former head of digital, right, resigned last week. The HSE's head of digital transformation. The guy who was responsible for trying to modernise the HSE. And he resigned, I remember talking about it on the air last week, because, and this is from yesterday's business post, he resigned because of bad actors and blockers who need to be removed before the crisis in the healthcare can ever end. He says that, um, he's, talking about, he's talking about people who are just clocking in but not working or not wanting to work or not wanting to change or not wanting to engage in forward planning or new strategies that would get us out of the crisis. Those that just want things left alone for the quiet life. He quit his job because he couldn't deal with that kind of nonsense anymore. And doesn't that sum it up in, in a couple of words? If well, there's, that's, that's like a whistle. So there's a whistleblower there for you, I'm quite sure. And that's, what I, and that's my point. If people speak out, they're reprimanded and they're sanctioned against them. Okay. Which is a huge problem. But in this, this system is wrong. Not the people in the system. This system would want to be totally upgraded and get rid of the rubbish on top. All right. Thanks for that, Tony. Yes. Incidentally, if anybody Thank wants you. to get in touch, you can do so. I will never share anybody's information. If you want to share anything with me uh, without um, your name being used, that's fine by me as well. You can text 0868104106, email neil at redfm.ie. Josie, good morning. Hey, good morning. You're, you're, very, you're very kind to, to, to hold. Um, many people sharing their own stories this morning. What's yours? Yeah, um, when my brother was a, a patient in the Mercy, he died, he's actually, he died July, not last year, the year before. Um, um, he was in there and he'd been told... He was in there actually for weeks and they wouldn't allow even his wife in. You remember I was on the radio too. Is he, your that. brother, um, he's a cancer patient, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he didn't go in with cancer. He went in and they discovered he had cancer and they told him roughly that he has five months to live. So. Oh, he so that. that was when the yeah. news was broken to him that he had yeah. cancer. Yeah, um, which his wife was not allowed to visit him because of the COVID restriction. So he was on his, completely on his own when he was told this news, uh, which was cruel in itself. That's another story. But was it, was, and did the, did the, did the rules at the time of the protocol prevent somebody from having a loved one with them when they were giving, given devastating end of life news? Well, it must have because his wife had requested that he wasn't to be told that she didn't want him to know until she could see him herself and she'd be there for him. But they went ahead and told him. 
Okay. Oh, so they dear. broke the news to him and he didn't take it very well. God love him. Obviously, he wouldn't. Um, and he was on. He was saying that he wanted to throw himself in the river to other people that won the ward with him. And Patrick's day came anyway and my brother got up out of the bed, put on his morning coat, slippers and walked out the door. He's in pyjamas now, put on a coat. Pyjamas, yeah. Pyjamas and his slippers and his morning coat and walked out the door. Walked straight past the security, a man that was going into, into the river. And you know the river was long, is long side of the mercy. Yeah, it is. And he obviously decided, because he was, he, like he obviously, his, it was gone to his brain, so he didn't know what he was doing. Cancer was gone up into his brain. So he must have tossed us another river somewhere because he was found in the North Main Street by the guards. A member of the public was concerned for him. It was Patrick's day. It was loads of people around. And they see this man walking around, dishevelled or whatever. So they ring the guards. And they bring him back to the mercy, and he wasn't even missed. Nobody knew he was gone. And how long was he gone? God, I'd say he was gone, I'm, I'm guessing, 45 minutes, okay. maybe an hour. He yeah. was gone. And at, and at, any, walking, at any stage... walking did, was bad. Yeah, I know you said that, did he tell other people on the ward that he wanted to take his own life, or did he tell hospital? Um, I'm not... I'm, I'm not just wondering, were they aware that he was a risk? Um, I think I'm. I could be wrong now. I think he actually said it when they told him that I'm going to f myself into the river over there. There were something to the words, the effect he used, because he couldn't face what was coming. God love him. Mm. And he walked straight past the security. The same. I don't know if it was the same security that I used to drop up clean stuff to him, and I used to have to leave it at the door with his name, you know, because they wouldn't leave anyone up to visit over the COVID. Yeah, so he was found anyway. I know, I know. And he wasn't missed, and his wife wasn't told. And eventually when she got a visit, when she fought tooth and nail to be allowed to visit him, it was said to her by one of the members of staff. She said, do you know that Tony got out of the hospital and he was found in the North Main Street? And she actually rang the guards to confirm it. She, must have, been, she must have been shocked and upset with that. She was... I tell you now, bewildered and then angry when she rang me to tell me I was I was like a lunatic because I was anything could happen to him. Anything at all could have happened to him. He could have been assaulted or whatever. Because he was it was clear he was very, very confused at that stage. Yeah, did, but do, do you know that he actually walked past a working on duty security guard? Well he, well there's only one door out of the mercy and that's the door my brother came out. Down the stairs, he was in the in. I'm not sure what ward he was in now, but he came down the stairs and walked straight out the front door. There's, all, so there's always staff. There's door. always staff on duty at that door. Yeah. I was only in there recently, and there's always any time I go through, there's always active staff and yeah. security staff at the front door. So and it would have been it would have been his first breath of fresh air in seven weeks because sorry, I don't know he was seven weeks in there when this happened. But I suppose. St- people, patients walk in and out of the mercy. I've seen people in pajamas and co- house coats, and, yeah. you know, morning coats and dressing gowns having a fag outside the mercy. So yeah. they, they they mightn't. Well, he was he well he was a, he was a suicide risk. He should have been watched. The man was terminally ill. He was given a death sentence. You know, those patients to me are some of the most vulnerable. Are these people? Isn't that, that awful? Sad though that when you're told, you know. 
sorry, it's inoperable, you have only a certain length of time to live, that you couldn't have somebody with you to share the burden. Well, that to me was the greatest crime of the whole thing. That's very sad, isn't it? Yeah. No visitors whatsoever. Even for news like that? Not even for his wife, and she, you wouldn't mind. I I was onto you at the time about it, because she she worked in healthcare. I I, I do recall the the part of the story where you talk about him being... Noticed by members of the public in his pyjamas and coat yeah, walking around the yeah. streets. And and sadly, he's passed away since, hasn't he? Oh, she took him home. Um, she took him home to... She stopped work straight away the minute she heard it. Took him home to care for him. She wouldn't let him go to Marymount. He didn't want to go there. He'd nothing against it, but he wanted to die at home. Um, I remember I rang you at the time and told you that they turned her down for the carer's allowance. Um, so she just quit work? And couldn't she get carers allowance. took time off to take him home, to take care for him, palliative care. Uh, they turned her down for the carers until I got on to the minister and told her what was going on. She had it a couple of days later. Um, and she'd done everything for Why would you turn somebody down like that who was actually helping the health system by looking yep. after a loved one at home and doing the right the thing? System. The system. Saying, so, no, oh, we'll, we'll... Like, why would you... Like, why does that happen? We'll, we'll refuse it, and if they come back a second time, we'll give it. Is that the reason we'll for it? We'll give it, yeah. Well, I, when I rang that morning, I said, you tore my sister-in-law down for carer's allowance, I said, because she didn't want to put her husband into Marymount. And she, it was her assistant actually rang me back and said, that's sorted. Yeah, give me a PPS so. number. It shouldn't have to And I that said, far. that's a disgrace, I said, an absolute disgrace, I said, because that girl worked 12-hour shift in a hospital in healthcare. And she could have just put him in, put him into Mary Mount and walked the baby. She didn't. She took him home. She done everything from I've never met another person that I admire so much to see the things that girl did for my brother. Mm-hmm. Everything she did for him to care for him, mostly on her own with help from. She had a good friend Lisa, myself. There was a few good people around that gave her help, but she'll never get over that. No. She could have lost him that day. She yeah. would have missed out on those those couple of months for him if he had went into that river. Okay, all right. All right, Josie, nice to so chat with you again. I just want to say very sorry to that man's family yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad. Matthew Healy. God right. rest him. Thank you. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, another disaster in hospitals, mixed wards. How come you don't talk about that? We did talk about that extensively when we were talking about geriatric wards, both in the Mercy and the CUH some time back. My late elderly mother was put in a mixed ward in the CUH back in 2014. The elderly man in the bed next to her kept pulling off his nappy, and my mother was afraid to sleep at night in case she would be attacked or raped. I really feel there is no place for mixed wards for the elderly. Uh, don't give out my private details. Awful to be in there feeling that kind of terror. Um, it's not. It's just not security issues in hospitals. Um, that man should not have been put into a public ward. It's a poor decision made by management. Um, I can't say any more about that, to be quite honest with you, because we'll have to wait for investigations both by the hospital and the CUH. Uh, years ago, I worked in the regional during my college years as an auxiliary staff member. If there was a person on the ward deemed possibly a self-harmer or a danger to others, then us auxiliary staff would be asked to do a 12-hour monitoring shift. It used to be called doing a special. Now the patient would always be in a single room across from the staff station uh, so that it was, if help was needed, it was readily available. There was always someone to take over and relieve the sitter to go home or to recharge, says Eilish. She's also wondering, have, days, have those days gone? The days of an auxiliary staff member doing that monitoring shift. 
sorry, can't go on air, but just think about this. Just go back to the years when I was a teen. Nothing like this happened. Nothing like this. No security was ever needed in hospitals. No security cameras needed on properties. It's so sad the way the world is going. Uh, back after the break, text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Uh, devastating news about that man, Neil, that lost his life yesterday in the mercy. <coughs> this is happening more than we hear about. Uh, well, I don't think this is, but certainly assaults. Uh, a couple of years ago, my mother was in the acute ward of a Cork hospital, very sick at the time. A lady came to her bed one night and put her hands around my mother's neck and started shaking her. Only for the nurses being around, this could have been an awful lot more worse. I can tell you, my mother was distraught after it and wouldn't stay on her own in hospital for ages after that. It's so sad that people can't be protected in a hospital setting. My heart goes out to this man and his family. Can't come on air, obviously, but get the opportunity, if you can, to read this out. I was in the emergency department at the Mercy Hospital over Christmas. The security allowed homeless people into the waiting room throughout the night, and I was left in another waiting room waiting for an X-ray with a lady waiting to be admitted to the psych ward, St. Michael's. She told me if she put a syringe to someone's neck, they wouldn't be long admitting her. Also, while I was waiting for my X-ray, a man burst into the waiting room I was in, shouting... Very aggressive. Security came in, escorted him out. Not a hospital I'd want to go to again. I was traumatised after leaving it. Um, And just one more, maybe perhaps I'll get to more of them between now and midday. Um, Regarding the tragedy, uh, regarding the tragic death of uh, Matthew Healy, senior management are running for cover now due to the decisions and procedures they would have put in place that have now backfired spectacularly. I wonder whether other factors at play. Uh, I was in the CUH just before Christmas having a procedure related to cancer. An elderly man with obvious dementia or Alzheimer's was in the bed next to me. For 24 solid hours, this poor man went up and down the length of the ward, walking to the toilet, then saying he didn't need to go, walking back to his bed. When he got to his bed, he immediately told the young male nurse who stayed with him constantly that he needed to go to the toilet again. And it went on and on, consistently for 24 hours. By 6 a.m., I was close to breaking point. I was very close to confronting this poor man. I'm in my early 50s. One of the other issues was that he was using a Zimmer frame with a squeaky wheel, which and he would constantly shout. When the specialist team came round to see me at 7 a.m., I was fully dressed and packed and told them I was discharging myself. They told me I couldn't, as I was less than 24 hours after an operation. But to be honest with you, I couldn't take it anymore. I don't know if this is similar to what happened in the Mercy. Patients like this gentleman in the CUH with me should be in proper nursing homes. It's time to fire the entire HSE top tier and the minister. Um, Sorry for the long message, but when I heard what happened to Matthew Healy yesterday, I hung my head in shame as I was very close to doing something similar about a month ago. I hope the perpetrator gets any help that he needs. We as a people do not deserve the treatment our government keeps dishing out to us, says Pat. Says Pat. Here's, here's an interesting one from somebody who passes, and this has more to do with Monday to Friday in our hospitals and the weekends in our hospitals. And it's an example. If you took a cycle to the Mercy Hospital car park at the North Mall Distillery, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, it's packed. The weekend, it's fairly empty. Um, doesn't that say a lot? Uh, well, it, well, it does in the sense that, you know, you often hear of specialists not being available um, on the weekend. 
And of course, it should be a 24-7 healthcare system. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? It would be ideal. Uh, back to the phone lines. Uh, pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Valerie, good morning. Hi, how are you? Um, thank you for this. No, there's no actual case pending or anything regarding your, your conversation with me, is there, no? No, no, there's not. Okay, no. okay. so tell me your story, if you don't mind. Uh, well, I was uh, I had a new baby at the time. He was only three months old. Um, I was in town with him. My mother rang me and she said, um, I, like, I'm sure your nan is after having a stroke. So I said, okay, right, I'll come home. I came home, you could clearly tell there was something wrong with the left side of her face and her hand as well. So we rang the South Dock, they called out. Um, the first time they called out, they said, it looks like cerebral palsy. So we were like, okay, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Because your mom like was caring for her mother. Your grandmother was, you know, she was yeah, cared for by her the whole family. life, yeah. 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 Um, so that was grand a couple of days later. She kind of stopped eating. Um, she was drinking, but she wouldn't take her medication. So we'd have to put her medication into like a trifle just to get it into her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we rang him again. One doctor didn't even go. She was in the living room. She had a hospital bed in the living room. Mm. Didn't even go into the room. Just looked in and was like, um, oh, like she looked like she's just a bit depressed. Well, it wasn't, was it during COVID or what was the reason? No, for no, no. This is uh, 2008. So this was the South Dock call out that didn't go into the room, just looked in the door? Just looked in. Okay. That was it, okay. yeah. And then third time, um, they said it looks like shingles. And then the fourth time, which was Christmas Eve 2008, we knew there was kind of like a rattle in our throat. So we rang them again and we were waiting two hours and by the time they actually called out, she was after dying. Oh dear. What were the four different diagnoses again? There was a cerebral palsy, a depression, um, shingles, and the last one, they, what they found out she actually died from was pneumonia. Was that the certified death, pneumonia? Yeah. Yeah. Was there any other preconditions before the pneumonia? No, 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 no. She was bedbound because she had broke her leg two years before. So she was completely bedbound. You must feel very let down. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I never really trusted him. Um, I had another incident with my son when he was seven. He was extremely sick. He couldn't swallow. He couldn't even stand. He had to literally sit on the floor wherever he was. And we went out to South Dock and again, they put him on antibiotics and um, steroids. And a week later, there was no improvement. He was getting worse. And his own GP at the time was one of the doctors as well out in South Dock. And I asked him, I said, will I bring him to the hospital? He said, no, no, he's fine. It'll only upset him. So I got outside. Again, he couldn't stand. And I don't drive. So we were, we were waiting for a taxi and he had to lie on the floor. So I said, no, forget this now. I'm just going to bring him straight over. Brought him over and they were like, he's on completely wrong um, antibiotics. And he's on a steroid dose for a baby. Did that affect so his health quite, long term then, or what? Uh, yeah, he's, he's quite bad with his chest. No, yeah, he is. He's always had asthma, but it's a lot worse now. So your experiences with South Dock leave a lot to be desired. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Even up to last Christmas, my mother was very sick. I rang them Christmas Day. It took four hours just to get a call back. 
And that's and even at that, they won't send a doctor out unless you're literally on your deathbed. Even to somebody that's very elderly. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it took a lot even to get any doctor out to my nan at the time. They were like, "Can you ask a neighbour to drop you out?" We were like, "No, no, we can't." What would what would have happened if you just called an ambulance? We well, we'd probably still be waiting as well, but you know. We were just like, we give them the benefit of the doubt, it's the same. Yeah, well, all the wrong diagnoses. And w- do you think that, you, would would your would your grandmother have passed away naturally anyway, do you think? Or do you uh, think intervention? No, I don't, th- I don't think so, yeah, because I remember when the South came that night and when the ambulance came as well that night, that they tried to bring her back and she came back for like literally three seconds and that was it, like. All right, okay, very sad. Yeah. Very sad, very, very sad. Thanks, Josie. Appreciate you taking the call. Thank you. Um, sorry, Valerie, I should say. My apologies. Thank you. <laughs> You're Thank okay. You. Text 0868 104 106. Uh, disgusted that this poor man and his family, how could it happen in a hospital scenario? The health system in this country is the worst it has ever been. You'd be safer staying at home. Uh, management heads should roll. Um, and the worst part, uh, he probably won't be the last to die in hospital due to hospital's negligence. Uh, I'm heartbroken for that man. Again, others have been saying this morning, let us not jump to the conclusion that it is hospital negligence. We we don't know, you know, and some people got quite irate about that earlier this morning. They were entitled to saying, you don't know. Investigations will determine an awful lot. Um, is there anywhere safe in this country, Sazanji? Um, how was this left, left to happen? Did no one try to help that poor man? Well, well, yes, and, and uh, I don't know whether you're aware of it. Um, patients raised the alarm. Nursing staff raced to the six-bed unit uh, to see a younger man beating Mr. Healy repeatedly with a walking aid. Um, he suffered serious head injuries. Uh, a male nurse suffered a broken finger. This is Barry Roach's copy from the Times. A male nurse suffered a broken finger trying to, rest- finger trying to restrain this patient from attacking Mr. Healy. Um, guards were called, the armed support unit attended and managed to subdue and handcuff the subject, uh, the suspect, before he was arrested, uh, taken to the Bridewell Garda station. So the original alarm, from my understanding, was the other patients in the ward uh, raised the alarm and nursing staff raced to the unit. Text 0868104106, pick up the f- phone on 0818. At 104, 106. Back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, this call is just jumping up in front of me here now. I think it is HSE related, though, isn't it? Correct, Neil. Um, a couple of weeks ago, now, we had a consultant on your, on your show. They were telling about how they didn't have availability of nursing homes to send the elderly patients out to, um, to get respite. That, and that was causing all sorts of issues within the hospital network, yeah. yeah. Correct. The same evening, I picked up a guy in a hotel who was down... John Roach, the, the taxi driver, yeah, so people know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I picked up a guy from the, the Midlands who was down here with have a meeting with the HSE, trying to get them to fill up the thousand beds that the nursing homes in Ireland have, empty, and waiting for patients to go into. So I was all confused about what the doctor had been saying about no one, no place to put people... And this guy saying that the HSE won't fill the places, if you understand me. And was he telling you that there was a thousand beds free in nursing homes? Correct and right, yes. Yeah. And did he, I mean, what else did he tell you? Well, that he was down here trying to get the, to get these beds filled. That he himself had um, a large nursing home in the Midlands. 
and it was only up to 75% full, and he had 25% of his beds free, waiting for the HSE to release patients out of hospital. So it was one side. And did he have, the other did he have any them. reason as to why the HSC then wouldn't be taking up the offer of the 1,000 beds? What's, what is this about? Money yeah. is it? Or is it, that, is it that care of the elderly isn't as important? What? Well, Neil, I don't know what the answer is. It's probably above my pay grade, but there's something definitely fishy about why these beds haven't been filled and why the hospital beds haven't been freed up uh, with, the, with, the, with the availability of these other beds that they can push the, the geriatric patients out there. Yeah, there, just, there never seems to be a sense of urgency about getting things done or getting things right, so there isn't. Well, there's the other side of it, Niall, is um, it's a, they don't want to make a mistake because if they make a mistake, they wind up in court and it costs the hospital and the country a load of money because a mistake can't be rectified afterwards when it comes to your health. And again, let me just say, we don't know the full events, but that's possibly going to happen anyway with the case of the death of Matthew Healy, a mistake and someone's going to have to be held accountable for it. Exactly. I mean, and we, we live in a society where everything is sorted out in a courtroom. It's not sorted out practically, really. Well, sometimes we need courtrooms to hear the true story, you know? Correct, correct. But sometimes they, there's, a need, there's no need for it. It just can be sorted out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Left hand and right hand. Thank you, John. Take care. About three years ago, my then 87-year-old mother was in a hospital in the CUH. She was on a mixed ward, an extremely large ward above A&D. This is the mother now they're talking about. There was a man in his late 50s next to her. There were men all around her. At night, this man would go berserk, throwing furniture around the ward. They would wheel my mother away until he calmed down and then bring her back right next to him afterwards. We were so worried for her safety, but they had nowhere else for her. Also, like your previous callers, she wouldn't eat her food, not even lift the cover from the food. And then it was taken away with them knowing that she hadn't eaten it. Uh, We timed our visits around her mealtime just to help her. She physically wasn't able to feed herself. We were never so relieved when she was discharged. Can't come on air, says Gillian. That is just so sad because then when a family member would help her to eat, she would eat. So clearly she was hungry. You had to time your visit so that you could be there to help because she physically couldn't pick up the knife, the fork or the spoon. So that should not be happening. You know, that should be flagged. That's as important as the ailment that you're in hospital for. You know, so therefore that somebody, again, you know... Maybe there's no. Maybe there isn't the staff to do that anymore. I don't know. Um, of, of course, some psychiatric patients are grand. It's those that cannot control their behaviour and are not monitored or watched or assessed or cared for correctly by hospital staff, and then put into a general ward with vulnerable patients like the elderly or stroke victims or patients that aren't able to look after themselves. Most people in hospital, remember, are vulnerable because they're ill. This is a duty of care to all patients. Patients cannot be monitoring other patients, as nurses sometimes think they can. That is the staff's job or the security specialist who is paid to sit and monitor a patient who has challenging behaviour. Some patients are just incapable of containing their behaviour and must be constantly monitored. 
Maybe that'll be the lesson that's learned. I don't know. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. I won't get to uh, any more texts or calls this morning, but I do see a large quantity of them continuing to come in. So you can get in touch uh, by email to neil at redfm.ie, by text to 0868104106. Appreciate people are emotive on the topic. And again, a family are grieving at the moment the death of a loved one, Matthew Healy. Um, and it, uh, you know, bear in mind it being a Monday, we usually would be giving away a large box of donuts from Offbeat Donuts on Fred's Church Street. Um, not this morning. Um, no disrespect to uh, people who. Um, might have been listening for it, but I will do it tomorrow. Um, I just didn't think circumstances were right this morning. So that will happen tomorrow, courtesy of ourselves and Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. Uh, that's it. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.